<laughs> sex, 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 sex. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Sunday, June 19th, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 314. This is No Agenda. Constructing the media with non-kinetic force here at the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center, Gimmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it's nice and sunny, and gosh, God knows what else is going to happen today. I'm John C. Dvorak. Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Well. Why would, this, why would you forward me a message that it would end up in my spam box? <laughs> That's where you put all my emails, apparently. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Why would, uh, it, I don't know. It was a forward from my database system, but it's still adamatcurry.com. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, maybe I'm going to whitelist you for sure, just in that case. That would be nice. That's just the well, thought. It, it you know? never happened before. So happy Father's Day and in the morning to you, John. And happy fatherhood.gov. Yeah. I- <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you weaseling in on my turf? Are you now watching whitehouse.gov as well? This is no good. Stop doing that. No, I take it. I didn't. I watched it on C-SPAN. They had Obama came on with his Father's Day greeting, and then that was followed by a Republican guy, because they don't do that on whitehouse.gov. Mm-hmm. The Republican guy comes out, and he starts to promote Cargill. No, <laughs> it's got really? nothing to do with Father's Day. No greeting, nothing. Cargill? Basically, he's a guy from North Dakota. He's a representative, and he comes on at you know to, so they could balance their coverage. They have Obama comes out with his Father's Day greeting, and by the way, he also sent an email out to everyone on his mailing list. Oh, I didn't, I, I did not get the memo. Oh well, I got the. It must be from a different mailing list because be. I signed yeah. up for something once, and it's I don't yeah. get many messages from him, but I got the father, Father's <laughs> Maybe Day. Maybe it's greeting. all in your spam box. <laughs> it's a possibility. It's where it belongs. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> hold on, yeah, hot pockets for you there. Yeah. So uh, anyway, the uh, the Republican comes on, and I expect him. I don't know what he's going to do. Rebut the Father's Day greeting. <laughs> I disagree. Father's Day is not a good idea. <laughs> so he come, but he comes out. Apparently, never have heard what Obama had to say, and he dry labs it, and uh-huh. and goes on and on about how we need to export more beef to Korea, well. and we need to open up international trading. And he goes on and on. I said, "What is this guy's name?" So I know from North Dakota. He's obviously, you know, right. a Cargill stooge. They're the ones oh, who yeah. are pushing all the beef into Korea. Yeah, happy Father's Day, everybody, in Cargill. And by the way, in the morning to all of the human resources. Uh, all charged up and ready the way the government loves them in the chat room at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. And, of course, to the feet on the boots on the ground, the foots in the air in the oceans and uh, bakers in the ovens and, and all that stuff. And uh, and fathers everywhere. Yeah, that fatherhood.gov is like, you got to take, did you take the pledge on the page? You have to take the fatherhood pledge I, I I was more intrigued by the video of how cool it is to have your daughter give you a manicure. <laughs> I didn't, cla- what, I didn't what, see that where one. Where is this guy sitting in the class truck? I wouldn't. <laughs> Wait a hey, minute. Uh, Jake, you come in here and give me a manicure. Get in and give me a manicure. Wait a Steve. minute. Wait a minute. Let me see this. I didn't see a video about giving your father a manicure. Yeah. No. Do you have a clip of it? I don't. I didn't clip it, but I can go, I can go to the site. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the site right now. This I, this has to be seen to be believed, everybody. Let me see. Where is it? It's it just seems a little odd, if you ask me. But it's not on the home page, is it? It's just linked to one of the things you can do with dad or something like that. For dad, oh, tips and activities. Maybe. Yeah. So did you uh, did you get any uh, cards or gifts or? 
Everybody's still in bed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The girls took me out last night, which was really sweet. They had a whole surprise thing, everything all set up. It was really cool. Here's another one. This was over the top video number three. It's got some guy doing cheerleading with his daughter. <laughs> I mean, this is something's pretty fishy. And we're about the boys. It's all about the girls. I, well, that's well, of course, because the president has two girls. You know, Shaniqua it's and, all and about Talisha. Him. But I don't see it though. I don't see the. I'll find uh, it. I can find oh, it. Oh, manicure. Thirty seconds. There Ooh, you go. Okay. Let's, there you uh, have it. Uh, let me just see. Uh, attention, human resource. Attention, human resource. This is what you can do with me. This is really cool. No, oh, Daddy's got a tattoo. A big tattoo. Daddy goes to the Eagle Bar in San Francisco. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and his daughter's... He's blowing on his nail polish while she's painting his nail. can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Wow. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Pussification of the nation. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, don't you, know. You, you can do fun things with your daughter, but it's not, is that like the number one thing you got to put on your site? Like have your daughter give you... A, it's not a manicure. She, he's painting, she's painting his nails red. No, I didn't watch the video. That's the 32nd. You didn't even watch the video? Like you I, I pontificate? I was reading the New York Times for today's <laughs> session. No, she's painting. So daddy has a, an arm, a fully tattooed arm. With red fingernails? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she's in, she's in a little princess outfit. And she's, I mean, it's cute. It's cute. There's no doubt about it. It's cute. But, you know, it's like, okay. You know, you, there's other things you can do. You know, you can take an interest in what your daughter's doing. Yeah, I help her do an oil painting or something. <laughs> yeah, drawing or... Uh, drawing, yeah. yeah or reading together. You know, there's all kinds of stuff you could do. Yeah, but- besides having her paint your fingernails red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, well there you go. So, uh, um... It says uh, it all. Yeah, it really does. Hey, uh, Russia Today is really trying, John. Oh, they we have a new uh, spokeshole. No, well, it's not. No, no. You know, of course, you know, we continue to try to advise them to get a a hot, a hot blonde uh, newswoman like Fox has with, uh, you know, whose name is Natasha has a little bit of a sexy Russian accent, so you're not quite sure if she's a spy or not. So they, they keep going with these English birds. Uh, and by the way, we're just talking like television producers now, not not as like douchebag guys, but uh, this is how they talk in television. Yeah, that's the way they do. Yeah, so that's just what it is. And, and that's uh, what you do. You, and you're, and actually, they're much crueler than we. Oh, we actually are holding oh, way we're back. We're really holding back. Yeah. So they throw this girl uh, who is very cute. She's British. She's got a nice little skirt on. <laughs> and they throw her in the middle of the riots in Greece. They do have her doing a. They have her doing a stand up. Yeah, in in the in the middle of the riots in Greece. And what's funny is, so the miking is horrible because she's she's trying to lead the cameraman into the riot. And uh, she and she starts, and but the the protesters are having none of it, and they keep blocking the cameraman and pushing him around. So she has to keep starting it over again. This is kind of first a little insight into how these stand-ups work, as she keeps starting the segment, like three or four restarts here. Uh, the protests between the the clashes between the police and the protests are still going on. You can see just up here we're on the front line. You can see. The clashes between the police 
and the protest is still going on. You can see just up here, you've got the police. Hold Now, wait, wait for it. Now she jumps into the middle of it all. No, wait. Oh, here we go. I want to film now. Film it. Are you still filming? Are you still filming? Are you still filming? And now she jumps into the middle. Okay. We're on the main street right now. It's very hard to film because even the protesters who are here don't want us to see this. To show you just what's happening on the streets right now, we've got the fires burning, you've got the tear gas up here, you've got the tear gas up here. So what happens is... Well, hold on a second. Her premise is that they don't want them to see it? That's bullcrap. Of course it's bullcrap. This is why it's so beautiful. This whole video, by the way, is linked in the show notes, 314.nashownotes.com. So she goes to stand in the middle of the, of the tear gas. Guess what happens hey, next? <laughs> Find out the protesters. the police you can see them ah they're provoking the police okay they're in the black uniforms and they're the ones who be trying to stop us filming and, and the tear gas literally going off right now as we speak and now she's running into the tear gas john this is how dumb she is as we speak the protesters she drops her bag and runs into the tear gas very hard to breathe here a lot of these people who are provoking it don't even want us to be filming here so we can't do too much and then guess what happens next? <laughs> it's like 30 seconds of her hawking her what guts is- up. <laughs> and she's like, and she's like crying, you know, she's like, she's like, oh my God, what did it's I do? Tear gas, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, there are guys coming over and like drink, the, and she's a hot girl on her knees, like almost puking. And all these guys are like, here, drink this, drink this, oh, drink this, hold on to this, drink this. It's like, wow. Yeah. It's just crazy. <laughs> it's, you know. So, there, so, to follow, so to follow this up, there's this discussion on the BBSA, Ante, the BBSA, and it's uh, a woman, uh, another British woman from Russia today, in discussion, in debate with a journalist from the Times, <laughs> and it's about Libya. What this, Times? The Times of London. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's about Libya. And uh, so here's Russia today, who I think are pretty much on, because, uh, you know, th- of course, Russia is like, yeah, the Syria's next, where we've got a naval base. So they're, I think they're pretty much on par with uh, telling a lot of uh, the truth of what's happening and why it's happening in Libya. And the Times guys have a none of that. You know, it's like, no, you know, Gaddafi's evil, horrible guy, rape, whatever. And then listen to this exchange. Oliver, is it not justified to see a concern that NATO is slipping into another Iraq, another Afghanistan? No, quite the opposite. Uh, NATO is responding to a genocidal campaign by an illegitimate government against a captive population. And I'm slightly uh, perplexed that um, uh, Mr. Emmett, who, whose station is not a normal news-gathering organization like the oh, BBC... Like the BBC. Now, wait, oh, but she, yeah. wait, listen, she hits her back. This is great. Or CNN or even Al Jazeera, but a state propaganda channel um, provides such a tendentious misreading of NATO's intention, which is to carry out, discharge the obligations that the UN Security Council requires of it. I'm well, sorry. To give you a chance yeah. to respond to that. Yeah, I can't allow him to say that we're a state propaganda channel. We are funded through the state Duma, much as the, the, the BBC is. Oh, um, that's preposterous. Well, we, we take a different line on the news from other channels do, and in this case on Libya, we, we are doing the same. Okay, you well, mean well, you conspiracy theorists of the most preposterous and pernicious <laughs> character. I'm sure this discussion can carry 
around him. So she hit him back. She said, well, it's preposterous. preposterous. He said it twice, by the way. Yeah. She said, well, look, we're funded by the Russian state, just like the BBC is funded by the British state. You know, exactly. so who are you calling propagandists? That's preposterous. Preposterous. <laughs> I know, yeah, preposterous. It's like even Al Jazeera is better. It's like, what? <laughs> Crazy guys. You, you nutty wow. people. You nutty, nutty people. Yeah, Mickey was so cool this morning. She says, ah, I have to turn off the television. I need to listen to some No Agenda. I can't handle it anymore. And I just repeat the same thing over and over and over again. That's right. We are programming your mind. Programming your mind. Ugh. Yeah. So uh, I got really angry, though. Okay. I got, I got really, like, super upset. Um, I think it was, I believe it was actually after Thursday's show. And uh, this is uh, something that, you know, they've been trying, trying to get the, so let me actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to take you back in history first. This is actually quite important. Um, Let me just find my, I had this whole thing, sequence of clips. Okay. So I want to take you back in time. Some of you may not have even been born when this took place. This is uh, uh, regarding uh, the reason for going into uh, Iraq Gulf War One. And I, you know, we've discussed it on the show how this worked and how Helen Knowlton was involved and what was said and what was used for the American public to outrage them uh, to justify going in, which of course was a private war for uh, uh, Daddy Bush. Luckily, the CBC, our Canadian broadcasting compadres, uh, have put together a nice little piece that explains it precisely the way it happened. Iraq attacks Kuwait claiming the Kuwaitis are slant drilling into Iraq's oil fields. U.S. President George Herbert Walker Bush pushes for a land war against Iraq. But polls show the U.S. public is split 50-50 on that idea. Then comes this eyewitness testimony before a congressional committee from a 15-year-old Kuwaiti girl. The claim is she cannot be identified for fear of reprisals. While I was there, I saw the Iraqi soldiers come into the hospital with guns. They took the babies out of the incubators, took the incubators and left the children to die on the cold floor. The U.S. public is outraged. The result? Support for land war zooms. It's a turning point. Desert Storm is launched. 135,000 Iraqis are killed. An estimated one million Iraqis, many of them children and old people, then die as a result of 10 years of sanctions. One small problem. There never were any incubator baby deaths. Not one. The Canadian Broadcasting Corporation's investigative flagship program, The Fifth Estate, reveals the girl to be the Kuwaiti ambassador's daughter, given her lines and coached in acting by the giant American PR firm Hill & Knowlton. It's one phase in a $10 million joint U.S.-Kuwaiti campaign of deception. This man is lying. I myself buried 14 newborn babies that had been taken from their incubators. This man is lying. They had kids in incubators and they were thrown out of the incubators so that... Kuwait could be systematically dismantled. All right, so I think we understand essentially what's going on. This is now historical fact. It was not true, uh, right. but, but it was used. It, it was, was uh, it was uncovered. Uh, I think it took about five years, and they finally blew the lid off it. Nobody cared at that no, point. Nobody, of course not. Why should we care? 
I mean, you know, nobody to this day, I mean, the fact that the entire Vietnam War was based on the Gulf of Tonkin yeah, incident, which never happened. Yeah, false flag. So um, we've uh, been tracking uh, Lucifer Clinton and uh, the douchebag at the International Criminal Court and everyone saying, well, you know, they're raping women, they're bringing out Viagra to... To use yeah. their penises as weapons you think of they war. They could come up with something a little better than that. Well, they've stepped it up one more notch, and now, and now I'm getting angry. I mean, I'm I'm really mad because it's it, it, rape, of course, is unconscionable, horrible thing. But to use rape uh, disingenuously, and and I uh, I assert fakely, falsely, is is an nth degree egregious. Uh, when it comes to mind control. So CNN has this report, and I, I've done quite a bit of deconstruction on the reporter, um, and I just want to uh, go back and tell you that uh, you know when we read the resolutions um, that essentially set NATO up for us to go in and shoot hellfires and drone people in uh, Libya, uh, they said, you know, we have to send uh, the Human Rights Commission, the United Nations Human Rights C- Committee, uh, to go and check it all out, and when they come back, then we'll uh, we'll decide on what action to take. And of course, three days later, we went ahead and created the quote no fly zone and started bombing. But the report did come in, and we read pieces of it on a previous episode. By the way, you can barely find the report now. Of course, conveniently, it's not linked anywhere on their website. Of course, I had a copy which I saved. They have an extract, which is two pages, but the full report is uh, a multiple of that. So I just want to uh, reiterate one little paragraph. The commission received but was unable to verify individual accounts of rape. It notes, however, that sufficient information was received to justify further investigation to ascertain the extent of sexual violence, including whether cases were linked to incitement by command of either side. Uh, It is evident that reports of rape have had major psychological and social impact and have spread fear among the population, which, of course, is what it's intended to do. The ongoing conflict is having a significant negative impact on the rights of children, blah, blah, blah. With regard to allegations concerning the conduct of hostilities by the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, the commission is not in a position at this stage to assess the veracity of the information received concerning indiscriminate attacks on civilians. The commission has not, however, seen evidence to suggest that civilians or civilian objects have been harmed. So if you read the report, they they spoke to one woman, who claims to have been raped, one, only one, who claimed to have been raped and showed a bruise, and she was the one that was on CNN and all the news media, which they also reference in the report. So there is no evidence of this. Yet they continue, and we had the clip of the ICC, the International Criminal Court uh, douche, saying, oh, yeah, using Viagra, and it's a weapon of war. It's a weapon of war. They're using this as a weapon of war. And then CNN does this. On the front lines of Libya's war, rebel... Uh, And I I have to point out, uh, for women who are listening, and men as well, this is very disturbing. It's really, really disturbing. So either, you know, just be prepared for what you're about to hear, uh, or I would suggest just... Think of it as a fake drama. It is, I don't believe it's real. Fighters say they are finding a lot more than weapons on captured or killed pro-Gaddafi soldiers. They say they have confiscated cell phones that contain videos showing Gaddafi loyalists torturing and raping Libyan citizens. 
After weeks of hearing of these cell phone rape videos, we for the first time have a copy of one. This was given to us by a source who does not want to be identified for fear of being punished by this very conservative society. To be clear, we have been unable to verify its authenticity. We don't know where it was taken or when or by whom. All we can do is watch it and listen to it. In this video provided to CNN from what rebels say was the cell phone of a Gaddafi loyalist, two men in civilian clothes stand over a naked woman who is bent over with her face on the floor. The man standing behind her is sodomizing her with what appears to be a broomstick. I can't bear it. I can't bear it, she says. A male voice off camera says, let's push it farther. No, no, that's enough, the woman begs. One of the men puts his sock-covered foot on her face. In this culture, it is considered the ultimate insult. But in this case, it pales in comparison to what the victim is already enduring. We blurred this video because it's extremely difficult to watch. Arabic speakers who have examined the video say the voices in the video are distinctly Libyan with clear Tripoli accents. There is no date on the video, and the men in the video are not wearing military uniforms. The victim's face is barely seen, so we have not been able to identify her. It has been extremely difficult to get anyone to talk about this video on camera because of the cultural sensitivities here. So this goes on a little bit longer if you want to hear the wow. whole thing. What a crock. So it's, you know, we don't we don't know who it came from. It's unverified. It's uh, civilians. We don't know. We don't know anything. Uh, but, you know, it's... But Mickey literally almost became sick to her stomach just watching this report, and I had to turn the sound off. And I can understand this. I, I totally get it. So to me, this, and this made me so angry right on cue, right on cue, uh, as if uh, she was watching CNN and saw this report and said, I have to put out a statement. Lucifer Clinton puts out a statement and says, uh, we are... Troubled by reports of sexual violence used by governments to intimidate and punish protesters seeking democratic reforms across the Middle East and North Africa. Rape, physical intimidation, sexual harassment, and even so-called virginity tests have taken place in countries throughout the region. These egregious acts are violations of basic human dignity and run contrary to the democratic aspirations so courageously expressed throughout the region. And she says... uh, See if I can find the exact quote. She's saying that uh, using uh, rape as a weapon of war, a weapon of war, rape as a weapon of war. Now, um, a lot of this doesn't jive, obviously, because... And by the way, I want to mention something. Yes, please. I think it was u- interesting and unique that they would slip in the, the terminology, which doesn't refer to this at all, conservative society which does an associative thing in the brain with you know, these kind of horrible activities and the word conservative, Very good which point. affects the elections in our country. Very good And point. also, what is the deal with the broomstick when these guys are so loaded with Viagra? Right, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Oh, now we have broomsticks, even though it's all Viagra. Now, so I'm looking at this. Now, the, the, she spoke to a guy on, uh, on camera, and the guy is from the uh, Misrata Media Center. I'm like, Misrata Media Center? What is that? Who is this guy? So I, you know, I start looking around, and you know, this is like complete ministry of truth. And they have one of these uh, in Benghazi as well, and I want you to, this is amazing. 
is the media center, guys. Uh, by the way, it's supposed to be at freemisrata.com, according to reports on the BBC, the uh, Dutch World Broadcasting. Um, and I went and looked for freemisrata.com. It did not exist, at least not in M-I-S-R-A-T-A.com spelling. Uh, so I registered that, of course, immediately. I got that one. Uh, but it was free Mizurata.com. So they didn't even check their own stories. They just wrote it down. And I'm like, let's do a who is. And by the way, the who is on free Mizurata.com, Tariq Agoub to Marshall Crescent, London, United Kingdom. I mean, really? So, okay. So uh, anyway, so listen, listen to this little report from one of these media centers and listen very closely what he says about uh, Facebook. Looking for these uh, systems. Try to stop the blockage from the government. Uh, and we, thank God, succeeded. We managed to keep the internet active for journalists, for the media center, for the team of uh, Facebook, so which is the most visited website. So did I hear him say the team of Facebook? That's what he said. When you say the team of Facebook, to me that sounds like Facebook sent some people over there to go do some stuff. Or they have a team working out of their organization that, that does the Facebook pages. I don't know. No, he's talking about for media, for different these people, and then the team of Facebook. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't well, say Well, he anything. did say team of Facebook, whatever yeah. that means. Now, Needs clarification. The woman holding up this cell phone. In this report, in Misrada, on the ground, is Sarah Snyder. Uh, Sarah Snyder worked at uh, KTVU Channel 2 in Oakland, California. And uh, she was a, so a local reporter. She was plucked by CNN International and became boots on the ground for CNN in India. Just weeks before the uh, Mumbai hotel attack. And now she's doing this story in Misrata? And there's no biography. You can't find anything about her other than she worked at Channel 2. And she's been doing in, been in media for 12 years. She's been a television journalist. And these are the only things I can find is that uh, she was at Oakland, Channel 2. Then all of a sudden she was the star of Mumbai, India. As the, uh, the Mumbai uh, hotel attack occurred, she was there. Oh, this woman. I yeah. She. Uh, I'm looking at their press release where she quit the KTVU. Uh, she was the she was a weekend anchor or something. She was a black woman. Yeah. Well, she still is. Yeah. <laughs> that hasn't changed. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, well, she might not be. You never know. Yeah. Uh, she could be uh, Libyan by now. Um, interesting. Okay. I only saw her a few times. She wasn't really a regular on the... She's uh, 12 years. She's got uh, all kinds of awards. Of course, CNN doesn't specify what award she's won. So 12 years Twelve years in the business. She's only at K, uh, KTVU since January of 2004. Yeah, well, look at, look at her. Uh, just look at the... The only bio you can find is on CNN. There's no, there's no Wikipedia entry. Uh, she's very sporadic on Twitter. Uh, here it is, Sarah Snyder, CNN's multiple award-winning, multiple award-winning, New Delhi-based international correspondent responsible for the network's coverage of India and South Asia. Why is she in Misrata then? They couldn't find any British dude? 
Sounds, uh, huh. Well, you're suggesting she's a spook? Yes, a shill. Total. Well, I, I'm suggesting that she's uh, uh, that she's totally into being on the front lines. Uh, that she's totally horny on the on the whole media thing, and she'll just take whatever comes their way. And so she's an easy. I don't think she's even in on the game. It's like get her. She'll do it. And she's holding oh. up a BlackBerry with this video on it. A BlackBerry. Holding up a blackberry in the desert and saying, "Here's a, here's a woman being raped with a broomstick." It makes me very, very angry that they're doing. Yeah, this. I can tell. This is one. This is one of the few times you've actually gotten worked up. Yeah, no. I, well, because it's it, this is it's a horrible rape is a horrible thing, and then to use this to justify an illegal war, which is exactly what's happening, and then for Hillary Clinton to come out and say. Well, the ICCC, the ICC agrees and investigates. All of a sudden, the ICC is the authority. The International Criminal Court, which the United States does not recognize, instead of saying, well, you know, the United Nations Human Rights Committee went there, couldn't find any conclusive evidence, says we should do some more research. But, of course, that's no good because the whole report is filled with, with nothing that's really condemning. So then the ICC is now the authority on this? I'm sorry. How this ironic. It's disgusting. It really, really angers me. And, of course, everyone's just buying into it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the false flag works very well to the American public. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm saddened. I'm really, really saddened. And, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep harping on this because I can't believe that they're, they're doing this. They're stooping to this level. And, of course, it's like it hits home with everybody. You know what's weird about it? <clears throat> what? We're supposed to be out in days, not weeks. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> it is U.S. policy that Gaddafi needs to go. You. But let me emphasize that we uh, anticipate this transition to take place in a matter of days and not a matter of oh, weeks. Oops, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, that was March 21st, 2011, when, uh, when the president said that. And uh, we can just we might as well just wind up this segment with a nice email that I received from a constitutional professor, constitutional law professor, one of our producers. And um, he just lays it out. He says, look, can you know, I brought up public law 107-40, uh, which is really what the president said in his letter to Congress. You know, they sent over a whole big document like. Oh, you know, it's like we're not really using, and you know, I had no boots on the ground, and we, it doesn't really, you know, count as the the war powers uh, resolution. Uh, by the way, under uh, Public Law 107-40, I have the authorization to send our troops into war. Public Law 107-40 is what George Bush uh, put in place with um, resolution from uh, joint session from uh, Congress and the Senate, uh, which gave. Uh, which he took as permission to go into Iraq and Afghanistan. And uh, this is what President Obama is using to go into Libya and soon into Syria. So uh, this producer, uh, uh, John, John Calvin Jones, says, uh, look, in that Public Law 107-40 purports to authorize presidential action pursuant to the War Powers Resolution, Public Law 107-40 authorizes nothing because the War Powers Resolution actually authorizes nothing either. Either Congress declares war or they do not. 
Either the president orders or authorizes the military to retaliate against offensive action of another, or the president orders an illegal first strike. There's no other way about it. There's no, just can't be any other way. And of course, this is what a lot of uh, people are saying is, you know, the, and the War Powers Resolution and Act have been deemed unconstitutional as such anyway. Because at the end of the day, Congress has to authorize war. And now we just have a big circus and we're doing the same thing that's been done for 40 years is we're walking around in circles and discussing the War Powers Resolution when at the end of the day, it's a, it's a breakage of the Constitution. Done. But that's okay. Because we've got broomstick rape to worry about. Yeah, I think he summarized it. How bummed out are you now? <laughs> Well, you know, this is the this is our Congress. I mean, when we do later in the show after the break, I'm going to go over this week's New York Times front page five stories. Ooh, fantastic! And the feel good story. Of course, we have a theme for the whole thing, but the feel good story, which makes should give you some insight. Well, wait, wait, let, is, let, me, let me do the jingle as a tease, and you can tease that for coming up later on the show. John's gonna hum the Sunday Times. It uh, seems that every uh, Sunday they have a, a, a photo, which is laughable, and this one uh, has uh, Obama on the golf course squatting uh, <laughs> with John Boehner uh, standing there next to him, I guess, watch, looking at a, at a flag or a hole. We don't know what he's looking at. The photo's rather odd, and Obama's pointing at something. We also don't know what that is because it's off camera. I know what it is. <laughs> I know what it what? is. Squirrel! And so... Uh, and we find out that, you know, that they had a $2 bet on a golf game. It's really fascinating, uh, d- in-depth uh, oh, good. So uh, we'll, we'll be doing that discussion later. of the Constitution. <laughs> that is coming up on the No Agenda Show, for those of you listening on the No Agenda stream right now. And I think we should thank a few producers who have, uh, uh, or, uh, who have come in and uh, become executive and or uh, associate had, executive producers. Right, well, a few is the word for this uh, Sunday's uh, uh, fine noticed, episode. I noticed. Which is two. And we have a new knight, which is John Mayer, who uh, how do I spell him? John M A Y O R. John Mayer. And uh, I think, or maybe M E Y. I have to go look at his email. He he, he uses the moniker Dog. Dog, as in Dog the Bounty Hunter. And he has uh, donated a hundred one thousand one hundred eleven dollars eleven cents. And uh, through direct very deposit, he used direct deposit. That's very so, lucky for this uh, for this special year that we're in. Yeah, and we're encouraging more of that. And he'll be a knight today. And um, you have his letter there in front of you, or do I? Have no, it? I forwarded I, it to you. Yes, you did. Yeah, and I immediately went up and looked up his real name. Uh, anyway, we'll, 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 he has a couple things to mention. We'll mention at the break, and then Dwayne Melanson, Sir Melanson, to you. Um, in Teagard, Oregon. In the morning, in Hot Pockets from Sir Dwayne, here's my pie club. Hot Pockets! Member of the 314.15. We only got one, I mean, in in the $300 range. And that's cool, because Uh, he did the 31415, which is great. Yeah, which is even better. But I'm surprised only one person on the actual episode itself came in for the pie club. That means we we are not beta people here. We're all alphas. Here's my pie club donation. I gave 307 on show 307, but you didn't club me. What? I, I thought I did. Huh. Well, he says huh. you didn't club him. Uh. <laughs> he oh, got I'm going to club you now. <laughs> Clubbed. 
Yeah, I, I just got my ring this week, and it is awesome. Yeah. The yeah, knight head cool. pin was a classy touch too. Mm-hmm. Uh, donate, propagate, and assassinate. Very nice. Yeah, pe- people are loving their rings. The, the knight ring. Assassinate the media. Yeah, everyone's. I think most of the knights have got their rings if they give us if we have an address for them. And I got mine finally. Oh, what? What? Uh, do you mind me asking? Uh, what is your actual ring size? I've been kind of curious about that. Uh, I think it was. I think I reported ten and a half. Huh. Why? Well, what was yours? Uh, I thought it was an eight, but it turns out I'm an eight and a half, or maybe they just are a little a little smaller. Oh, so that's your pinky ring? You're going to use it as a pinky no, ring? No, no, no. It's funny. It fits on my left ring finger, but not on my right ring finger. But I want it on the right because I can't punch with my left. Oh, you can learn the left hook. <laughs> I've, been, I've been practicing. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have a couple of PR mentions that are uh, fun today. Uh, and these uh, are usually domains that forward to noagendashow.com, and soon I'll have something cool for you guys to do with these domain names you've registered. Hey, Adam, says Sean Pendergast, I beat Bill Gates to the punch and registered vaccinesaremagic.com. If you remember, this is what Bill Gates said on our last episode of No Agenda. Well, vaccines are magic. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was pretty cool. Vaccinesarmagic.com. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And um, Angelica, who uh, is interesting. I didn't know. Apparently, she was forwarding her uh, NaiveLondonGirl.com domain to NoAgendashow.com. Now, Naive London Girl was a show that was on Mevio, a a podcast that was on Mevio for a long time. (coughs) But um, um, had to be removed because advertisers didn't like it. And if it wasn't like her, you know, her showing her nipple on her album art, it was, you know, her talking about um, uh, her sexual preferences on the show. Is it very typical that, it, you know, not compatible with the commercial venture? Uh, so I'm sorry she gave up the show. I, I kind of enjoyed listening to the show. But now apparently she's not only forwarding her own do- domain, NaiveLondonGirl.com, but also uh, the following domains, GreekDebt.info. Palin Bachman 2012.info, Joe Biden 2016.info, Biden 2016.info, and Lucifer Clinton.info, which is all That's nice. a good one. Yeah, I love that. Very, very Oh, here, nice. I, got, I got the letter from Nate, by the way. Go for it. I, I want to read that. Anyway, he's our, our new knight, Nate. And he call, we're going to call him Dog, Nate Dog. Nate is Dog, his, sir, sir Nate and Dog. And it's Meyer, M-A-Y-E-R, is pronounced Mayer. Uh, this is interesting. He... Uh, uh, He's been listening to the show for a few months. He's in the army, and he's deployed in Afghanistan. Wow, where? <laughs> it doesn't say where, and I don't think we want to know. He's decided it's quite fitting to have the federal government finance your show, albeit using me as a proxy. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> He'd like to call out. This is the key. He'd like to call call out his comrades Joel Tallman and Chris Ellis for being true believers in the show, but not donating douchebags. Douchebag. Right, one more. One more. We got two guys there. Douchebag. Wow. He also wants to be knighted as Sir GQ. Oh, hold on a second. It's a nickname he's had since high school. Sir GQ. Sir GQ. Okay. Sure. Not a problem. And he's over there in Afghanistan, huh? Yeah, you will probably... Uh, Holy crap. You hopefully it gets that. out of there alive. Well, that's really horrible to say. Keeps listening. Well, you know, at least he can propagate the show over there. I wonder how many how many tours he's had. I don't know. And I wonder... How, you know what? I, I wonder how many uh, servicemen and women listen to the show. I think, I think it's more than we realize. 
Maybe it's, maybe it's it, passed it, it, around it, on, on cassette I tapes. I think it's actually a lot more than we realize yeah. for one good reason. What else can they listen to yeah. that has any real information? And they must be fed the worst kind of stuff. And they also know a lot of stuff. I know there's a lot of guys that yeah, listen to the show just to correct us. And we're, you know, we're yeah. not uh, uh, perfect by any means. And we make a lot of, I mean, I think on every show we probably make one or two uh, correctable errors. Sure, sure we do. But it's all minor compared to the big picture. It's, um, yeah. No, but I, I think that we're probably passed around on USB sticks. Here, hey, man, hey, man, check this out. Hey, listen to these guys. Hey, listen to these guys, man. Can you imagine being over there and then actually having like a CNN report and watching going, oh, brother, that's so oh, wrong. I, they, I don't believe. They, they yeah, must be freaking out. Be they must be freaking out. Hey, and then uh, finally, uh, one last mention, which is very cool. There's this, um, I think it may be a local TV series, The Edmontonian Presents. The Edmontonian and yeah, newspaper uh, in uh, obviously Edmonton, right? And uh, Kyle Miller bought a commercial for us, uh, which oh, is cool. yeah, which is a nice uh, full uh, full screen uh, picture. And here's the audio of the ad. The Edmontonian presents is brought to you in part by Kyle Miller, Edmonton associate executive producer of the No Agenda <laughs> Show, NoAgendaShow.com. <laughs> Edmonton associate executive producer. I love that. See, that's what a credit is for. This sounds yeah. official, doesn't it? And he had like yeah, in the morning. Guy sounds like he's a hot shot. Yeah, he had in the morning and everything. It was very cool. So I thought that was a ni- nice touch. Appreciated. Need so, more of that. Yes, we do. So uh, thank you very much uh, to everyone who uh, worked on the PR. Thank you, of course, to our sole uh, Pie Club member, Sir Dwayne Melanchon who was also executive producer along with our other executive producer, Sir GQ John uh, Mayer, also known as uh, uh, Nat, uh, Nat, uh, Nate Nat, Dog. Uh, Nate Mayer. Nate, 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 Nate Dog Mayer. Oh, man. How, many, how many apostrophes do I have to put in the guy's name? Lots. <laughs> Nate Dog Mayer, uh, executive producers for episode 314. It's meager, but uh, of course, it's what happens when we get into the summer months, and you know how that works. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A Everybody else, you do have a mission uh, Whether you have a night ring or not Go out and propagate the formula Our formula is this We go out We hit people in the mouth Save loud and proud with me now, everybody Shut up, You know, the shame of it is that even though uh, the listenership does fall off on all media over the summer, and the shame of it is this is the time of year when the good, the more interesting news items seem to be cropping up because they can slip stuff by the public. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, of course, it's very interesting when you have uh, sex, sex is, and just if you look at a grand view of what's happening in media, in the United States at least, because of course no one's talking about Anthony Weiner anywhere else. My daughter was in London for three weeks. She said, what? Some guy, what? Who? She, it was not a word about it. And she watches the, you know, the news and she stays in touch. It's just not mentioned because no one cares over there. Um, but sex is on the mind. Everyone's thinking about sex. And so that's when they slip in, you know, this rape with broomsticks and Viagra. Of course, the real travesty is taking place is when the, the, the president is saying, well, you know what? Um, it's not actually an attack on someone if you shoot a hellfire at them from a drone. That's not non-kinetic. That's not actually uh, an attack, so we're not really at war. You know, these definitions are, are being played out before us. So, of course, it's all distraction. I don't know. 
So anyway. Yeah, you uh, just read the Sunday Times. You don't know. What no, do you, I do what the Sunday do you Times. Know? Like, wow, we, got, we got clips and other things to deal with. What the Sunday know? Times is this. I could have done the whole show. That's why I want to push it off because I, I, if I get going on this, it's going to chew up too much time. Okay. Um, I mean, the, the kind of propaganda that we're seeing in today's paper is unbelievable. I did hear, so, by the way, just briefly on on uh, Wiener, uh, reports are that there was a honeypot involved and uh, that he was baited by uh, fake Twitter accounts. Into I'm do, telling into you, I still this. believe that there's something that we don't know, that he was either an important vote or something he was involved in. They had to get him out of there. Because the only reason I say this is because they rushed, rushed, rushed to push, push, get out, get out, get out, get out, more than anything I've ever seen before. And so it had to be more than just this, you know, he's so he's a pervert. So what? Yeah, I don't understand. Was, I don't understand why um, no one's interviewing Chuck Schumer because he was Chuck Schumer's boy. I, I, I was thinking the exact same thing. I mean, Ch- Senator Chuck's Chuck Schumer, boy. yeah, and not a single word. It's like it's like a no-go zone. You can't talk to Chuck about Anthony. So, yeah, well, there's stuff we don't know. But I will say that only in America, only in America can we get so riled up about this. You know, because we're so frustrated. We're such a frustrated, sexually frustrated bunch of boners. We really are. And, and... Yeah, this is a conversation that has just been ongoing. I'm sure it happens in every single household. Uh, but if if you really don't have a, a good relationship, this is what guys do. This is what we do. And but even even so, this type of stuff. You know, my ex wife, she uh, went on television in uh, in Holland. I think I told you this like a year and a half ago or something. And she made allegations about some sexual stuff that I was into. And you and the whole country went. Are you kidding? Why would you even tell anyone about that? You're stupid. Whereas if that had happened in America, <laughs> look at Curry. <laughs> and they'd be uncovering pictures and doing photo montages. Right? Yeah, we're waiting. But the, but the, the Dutch public literally went, you know, who cares? We don't care what he's into. So what was it again? <laughs> <laughs> you know. I've told you about that before. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm just yeah. trying to give you the difference. So, women of America, it's a two-way street. You want I'm, this is this is I'm I'm going to have to say it. You want your man sometimes to romance you, and you want him to really you know spend a lot of time with you and cuddle. And guys, you need to be doing this if that's what your woman wants. And you need to have a conversation. And sometimes your woman just wants a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And you and and this is what you do when you're two people together and you're partners. And you it, it doesn't just end when you get married or start living together. You got to keep talking about this stuff. Otherwise, it turns into a fr- sexual frustration. Conversely, women, guys want what we see in the porns. I'm sorry, it's just you, that stuff that you see, and you, not all of it, of course, but. You know, it's not like the porn industry corrupted us into thinking it. No, it's fulfilling a, a market demand. So sometimes... Duck call when I need it. What's that? <laughs> Where's the duck call when I need it? <laughs> right, but, but, but... Let me get you out of this hole. No, but so, let me just wind it up by saying you uh, need to have a conversation together about what you're into and what you like. You have to be honest and you can agree on what you will and won't do. But if it's just not discussed and just goes into like missionary once every two weeks, your guy's going to wind up with his boner on the Internet. (laughs) And this is what guys do. 
Yeah, well. So, hold on a second. Let's go to our uh, sexual correspondent, uh, John C. Dvorak, uh, who's going to weigh in on this. Uh, John. Meanwhile, there was the Southern <laughs> uh, Leadership Conference, uh, Conservative Leadership Conference, or whatever it was in, had taking place this uh, yeah, last week. It was the Republican Leadership Conference. It was great. Oh. <laughs> I so watched I it. didn't realize, you know, I, I hear, all I heard, I never saw this guy speak, who's just a, you know, this guy has about a snowball's chance of hell of ever being uh, accepted by the American public as anything other than the creep that he apparently is, in my opinion, mm-hmm. which is uh, this Rick Perry guy. So Rick Perry, oh, Rush Limbaugh, oh, and Rick Perry, Rick Perry, Rick Perry, Rick Perry. And all the, all these guys, all these conservatives talking about Rick, Rick Perry sounds like a, you know, the second coming of George Bush to an extreme. And I've actually been working, I haven't done this yet, but I've been working on this little, you can play, play here, start off with playing Creep One clip. Ready to elect Republican leaders up and down that ballot who will make government smaller so that opportunity can get bigger. I'm sorry. I did a spit take on that. Yeah, I'm preaching I'm to the choir. You got can get smarter. Here, I understand that. But America's greatness is not found in the size of its government. America's greatness resides in the hearts and the minds of our people. Their innovative approaches to solving problems and their ability to endure even in the toughest of times. Hey. What is this dropping your voice? It's the toughest of times. Because I'm going to tell you, I can make it all happen for you, my ladies and pen, my flock, come to me. That's yeah, what he's doing, well, preacher. He's doing preacher thing. He's a douchebag. Yeah, let me now, call him out. This guy has no chance. He's a total douchebag. Say it, play it again. Oh, what sure. I, no By the way, is, doesn't he have to have some operation in like a month or so? I think he has an operation coming up, so he's doomed. But to, so he doesn't drop his voice. We've got to pull the ball. He's got polyps. <laughs> I don't know what he has, but he's totally in a preacher man. Let me tell you, we got to make the government smaller. That's all we can do. I'm now, Rick Perry. You, I'm running for president. Now here's the bigger. This is a more. The, this one got me to roll my eyes. This is the douchebag clip. Oh. And uh, I'll just tell you what I thought about it after you play it. Our, our goal is to displace the entrenched powers in Washington, restore the rightful balance between state and federal government. Listen, I, reach in your pocket right now. Ooh. Take your phone out. Okay. It's okay. Okay. I just want you to take your phone out just a second. I, I want you to do something. I got you. it. Um, if you really believe in what we're talking about here, if, if restoring uh. the balance back, to our country, decentralizing out of Washington, D.C. I want you to take your phone out. I want you to text something to, to the number 95613. I want you to put the word forward in there, F-O-R-W-A-R-D, and text it to 95613. Go ahead. I'll wait. How are you, girl? Listen, and, and we're going we're gonna to keep you apprised of what we're doing. Uh, we're going to keep you informed about our, our efforts to restore that crucial balance between the states and Washington. Get America moving forward into the rightful role that our founding fathers knew would work. The guy just collected names for his mailing list, yeah, of course. douchebag. And probably uh, at uh, 10 bucks. In the middle of his speech. I want you to take your cell phones out of your pocket. Go ahead, I'll wait. The Lord has time to wait for you. Now, we're going to make America move forward. Just text me at 95861 I'll wait for you. 
Oh, and a douchebag. You nailed him. Yo, no, he's easy. Because uh, because I know these guys. I've always, that's always been my plan B is to be a televangelist. I know I can do that. I know I can do it. Come on down. We have to repent. Satan is upon us. Satan, I tell you, is upon us. And we have to keep this great nation of ours. Can I have, can I have an amen, Brother John? Brother John? Douchebag men. <laughs> Douchebag. This guy, anyway, yeah, this guy horrible. is going to wear thin real fast. The, the fact that some these 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 uh, TV... Uh, Send me your text. No cash or blankets. This text thing was just beyond. <laughs> I was just like, holy crap, what a lot of nerve. That's like right in the middle of a speech <laughs> saying, can a- everyone send me your business cards? Yeah. That's exactly, that's exactly. Send me your business card and tweet me your boner.com. Unbelievable. Anyway, so this guy's got no chance in hell of ever becoming the nominee (laughs) unless the Republicans are completely insane or they never listen to the guy because no normal. I mean, yeah, sure. You're going to have a bunch of these Southern, you know, Baptist types or Methodists that, you know, they go to church all the time. They're used to hearing a guy like this yelling at haranguing them. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, generally speaking, but why would these... You know, the Hannity's and the uh, Hannity's big brick Perry fan. Well, Hannity's a Mormon. This is a whole religious cult. Its whole thing is ridiculous. And this guy, I didn't realize how bad he was until I heard with that little that little voice going thing. Down. He does the end, going which down. Bush did. Going down. It's evil. I tell you. They were throwing babies out on the floor. It was an evil thing. You hey, could do that. I could run for president. Yeah, well, anyway, so, that was um, my uh, my well, moment of uh, truth. Yeah, whatever. Well, Ron Paul, of course, was also at the uh, at the Republican Fest, and uh, I have two little clips: uh, one for me, one for you. One for me, one for you, John. How do you like that? Hey, well, here's one for me. Right now, we're in Libya. Congress was not even asked or informed about it. We have a lawsuit. There's Republicans and Democrats got together filing a lawsuit and say he has broken not only the Constitution, but the War Powers Resolution, which was meant to restrain the presidents from going to war like this. But our current president explained to us in a condescending way to the Congress, oh, this isn't a war. This isn't a war. This one doesn't qualify as being controlled by uh, the Constitution, the Congress, uh, uh, or the War Powers Resolution. He said, they're not shooting back and we haven't been killed. So evidently, if we go and bomb people and they don't shoot back, it's not a war. That's how silly the whole thing is. But it's up to us. It's up to the people. It's up to the Congress. It's up to all of us. And it's up to us to get a president that won't put up with this nonsense and won't go to war so carelessly. Yeah, uh, lots of applause there for Dr. Ron Paul, who, of course, uh, won the straw poll there. But he also, uh, I, I think, you know, well, no, we know that he is aware of our show because I interviewed him for uh, the 2008 uh, presidential election. I think he's been listening, John. I think he's been listening. I think he had a, 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 a covert message for you, which because uh, he wants to convert you, you know, because, of course, he voted for uh, Obama. We all know that. I didn't vote. You know, actually, <laughs> I can tell you the truth. I'll, I'll tell everybody this. I you didn't did. vote. You didn't vote. In fact, here's what happened. So during the primary, <laughs> I thought it was Monday. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it was the primaries, 
And uh, actually, I'm, I'm forgetting the details. But but anyway, I'm, I'm a registered independent. So when you, in California, if you're registered, you can't choose anybody's ballot. You have to either take a primary ballot or a Democrat ballot. Yeah, that's right. You can't get a Republican ballot, so I couldn't vote for any of the Republicans. Wait a minute, wait. So, so I can't vote for Ron Paul in California? You can write him in. No, he he would be listed on an independent. No, he's a Republican. Okay. Uh, no, you wouldn't be able to. Not in the primaries. Oh, in the primaries. No, of course not. No, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a member of, so de- of I Dead Party. For, oh, I I think I, now that I think about. It, I may have voted for Hillary, but I either voted for Obama. <laughs> I maybe I think I voted for Obama. So I, I so I could say really? I, I got to shoe you, man. I just got to shoe you. All right. So anyway, Ron Paul wants you to register as a Republican so you can uh, get him in because here's his message for John. I I think he actually under his breath says, John Dworkin. Here at home, we are steadily losing our liberties. We're losing our economic liberties. We don't own our own property. We can't use our property unless we pay our taxes and follow all the regulations from not only the federal government, the state government, and local government, but from the UN coming down on us and telling us what we can do with our land. It's a very good reason to support my bill that would get us out of the UN and the IMF and the World Trade Organization. You know, they, the good intentions always get out of control. There's a good intention done by the Food and Drug Administration. Make sure your food is safe. Who's against safe food? Everybody's for safe food. But do we need the FDA? So now what the FDA is doing and why they feel so compelled to protect you, they will arrest you if you start drinking raw milk but you happen to cross a state border. What is so dangerous about you making your own choice about whether or not you can drink raw milk? I think we ought to vote for the right to drink raw milk. Yay! Vote for milk. <laughs> vote for raw milk. Come on, that's genius. It's pretty funny. That's vote, vote for raw milk. Ron Paul for raw, raw milk 2012.com. We have, we have one of the great raw milk dairies in Washington. I know you do. And uh, it's uh, for all you drinkers of raw milk. We buy it from the dairy, and they also have it locally. Six dollars and fifty cents a gallon. That's which, more than my gasoline, boy. No, that's dirt cheap. Raw milk generally is about would be about twelve bucks a gallon in most places. It's overpriced. Hmm. Anyway, just for the raw because I, I brought it anyway. It's a long story. Anyway, it's, so, it's so enough. I uh, you know, as much as I like Gary Johnson, I don't think he has a chance. I think he's over. No, no, uh, he doesn't have a chance. But uh, Ron Paul, you know, he wins the straw poll, of course. Yeah, he's oh, yeah, he doesn't got a chance either. Do you hear um, O'Reilly? is pretty funny. I picked this up. So uh, here's just, we don't have to really discuss it, but just listen to how O'Reilly, like, yeah, so he wins the straw poll, but O'Reilly marginalizes Ron Paul this way. Russell Matter segment tonight, Congressman Ron Paul from Texas is entering his third presidential campaign. But last night, it wasn't easy understanding him. We're trying to unwind a Keynesian bubble that's been going on for 70 years, and you're not going to touch this problem until you liquidate the bad debt and the malinvestment, go back to work, but you have to have sound money, you have to recognize how we got into trouble. We got into trouble because we had a financial bubble, and it's caused by the Federal Reserve. And O'Reilly goes like, like, I don't understand. Yeah, no, I saw this clip, and O'Reilly... 
pretends that it's all gobbledygook, gobbledygook. and he never heard of canes and all the other bull crap. Which just shows you how completely, completely compromised and controlled it all is. Yeah, no, it's a total scam. In fact, uh, it's it's a. I, I I'm not getting it to be honest about it. I mean, why? Well, because it has to be. Well, it has I, to be I, their I boy. It, but I'm not getting how they think they can pull it off. In other words, oh. I don't get how Fox because thinks we're they can stupid. get away with this. Because first of all, Fox, as you and I both know, is really run by Democrats. And uh, they want to have, you know, the, 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 the stupidest people. You know, like Mitt Romney or uh, Michelle Bachman, as cute as she is. And, and the accent just, it turns me on. But, you know, she's MK Altered. You know, she's got that thousand yard stare on her. You know what <laughs> she, I mean? She, yeah, what is she looking at? I don't know. She's looking right through me, that's for sure. Uh, so, um,. Of course, we, uh, John. Did you know that we uh, we killed Osama bin Laden? Yeah. Oh, by the way, I just want to mention something because people we we bring this up uh, every so often that you know that Fox is run by Democrats and you know and it just seems like it's laughable. I want to mention that our our major uh, talk station here in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, KSFO, which has all the has all the right. It's got Rush Limbaugh. It's got everybody. Uh, uh, and uh, and Twit. KSFO. No. Yeah. No, that's Los Angeles. No. Yeah, it's KS, whatever it is down there. Yeah. Leo's on the the Limbaugh station here. KSFO (laughs) is owned by KGO, which is the the left-wing talk channel. Uh Uh-huh. And they're both managed by a guy who's an extreme left-wing liberal guy, nice guy. In fact, I've met him, Jack Swanson. And uh, he is a a very uh, big-time Democrat. Of course, he's married to a Republican. And uh, and they manage the right wing show because it makes them a lot of money. So I mean, the, the idea that this can happen that our Democrats can run the right wing uh, shows uh, is is not you know it's it's uh, it's observed all over the place. You just gotta, a, you yeah, know. you just have to look at the ownership. It's that simple. It really is that simple. Anyway, so yeah, so um, when you have this, this, the the meaning of of uh, Ron Paul. Uh, it's obviously a threat to the establishment. Exactly. And uh, Murdoch is the establishment. Murdoch is the, is the establishment, and uh, but Romney's the establishment. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and and, nice. and Michelle Bachman is cute. I mean, she's TV friendly. You know, that's a, I have to say, Doctor Ron Paul looks pretty good. He's seventy four now, seventy five. Looks pretty he's, good. He's lively. Yeah, oh, very. It, it was a good speech, and actually, I'm playing it. Mickey's going like, "Hey, who's that?" Let's get some guy making sense over there on your computer. That's Ron Paul. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's, so he's out. <laughs> so he's out. <laughs> you win the straw poll. Good luck. You're out. Anyway, so uh, as you know, our president killed Osama bin Laden. And uh, this, of course. I heard uh, that. Yeah. So this is a conundrum. Did he actually go over there and knife him? He hit him in the mouth with a night ring, I hear. It's like <laughs> Obama had a knife in his teeth. Yeah, repelled down the rope from the, I mean, the, not the Black Hawk, the uh, stealth helicopter. <laughs> um, so he's dead. So this, of course, to that story, by the way, it wasn't true. The whole thing, because the, the, the Pakistani newspapers started reporting about the fact that these were really loud helicopters and people were annoyed by it. And one of them crashed. <laughs> and, <laughs> so it's like the whole thing is wrong. It's, we can't even get into it. It was so wrong. You know, there's so much stupid reporting. But of course, now we have a real problem because uh, we need to stay uh, terrorized uh, because you know we can't just like 
say, well, ding dong, the witch is dead. We're, we're going to leave Afghanistan. No, that would be no good. So now we have to ratchet it up a little bit. Uh, so we got this uh, video, and now we've got a letter from uh, uh, who used to be the number two guy is now the number one guy. Anwar Awalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalawalaw
in his heyday, which had passed, excited great personal loyalty and sacrifice. The jihadis loved that guy. He was on the t-shirts. Zawari <laughs> doesn't, he's not going to be... Zawari, he needs the t-shirts, John. He needs stickers. He needs t-shirts. He needs a keychain. keychain. t-shirts throughout the Middle East. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Raul Castro trying to replace his brother Fidel. I mean, Fidel is, is not loved by the Cuban people because they know what the score is. But around the world, what? Fidel has this image. He's not loved by the Cuban people. So you know, and Raul does not. Yeah. Raul is just a bureaucrat. So it's kind of a similar thing. So, do they have? Does Zawa? Is it Zawahiri or Zahiri? Do, well, Zahari. Zahari. John, say it now. Zahari. Zahari. No, Zahari. You have to say it right. Zahari. Zahari. Dave, it's the CEO, man. <laughs> A CEO, Dr. Zahri. By the Cuban people, because they know what the score is. But Zahri. around the world, Fidel has this image, and Raul does not. Yeah. Raul is just a bureaucrat. So it's kind of a similar thing. So do they have, does Zawa, is it Zawahiri or Zahiri? Do, well, Zahari. Zahari. You'll see okay. it with, with, the, with the other eye in there and without does it. Does he have a different yes. MO than, than bin Laden, or were they working together and everything? Well, you hear various claims that... that Zahari was Zahari. Uh, really the evil influence, that he was the guy who corrupted the vision of bin Laden. There's a couple schools of thought, and we just don't know. But what we Waka Waka was the no, corrupted Zahari, Zahari, Zahari. What we do know is, is this, that al-Qaeda is no longer as unified as it once was. Ah. Zahari, or Zawahiri if you prefer, has his detractors. This is the, by the way, do you remember it was Usama, Osama, same thing. We got to do a little confusion with the name. It's the same script. And I think you're going to see a lot more franchises split. Franchises. It's the McDonald's of terror. John, this is great. These guys are expanding. Putting off. Uh, the American-born Anwar Al-Awlaki, now operating in Yemen, uh, he's not going to listen to everything Zawahiri says or Zawahiri says. He's going to roll his own, and he's been doing better than the core Al-Qaeda guys. What? He just what has he done? He's doing better. How's he doing better? He put some guys, uh, some bomb in some guy's shorts, supposedly. No, no. You know exactly how this is measured. They get a report from Hill and Knowlton, and it says, look, we got this many words and this much uh, print space, which would equal this much, you know, this much money if you had to buy the space. And that's how they justify it. This is all PR work. Oh, so what you're saying is because he's getting more ink. More ink, exactly. Uh, that's what. That's what. That's how he's defining yes. success. Ink, by ink and airtime. Ink and airtime. Had the Al Qaeda of uh, Fazl Abdullah Muhammad killed last week in uh, Somalia yeah. with a target wish list of what they'd like to hit. What you, now here's where it gets interesting. The target wish list. This is where it's going to get fun. Can't. What do you think of that wish list, by the way? I, I, so far, all I've seen are a couple of British references, a British hotel and Eton, a British private school. What? Yeah. They want to blow it up? Yeah, no, no, this is Eaton, great. They want to blow up Eaton? Eaton Hotel, yeah. Well, just I mean, send Eaton, them Eaton a, school. a drone over Br Great Britain and blow up Eaton. Yeah, the CEO doesn't have access to a drone. This is a... Uh, oh, I thought they were talking about the wish list. Oh, the wish list no. is their wish. I thought it was yeah. our wish list. No, no, no. This is the Al-Qaeda. Oh. No, this is what you have to understand. And this is where it's going to get great. I'm Wait a minute. They put... You mean you're telling me Al-Qaeda, 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 whatever they want to call them? Nahi. Advertising. Do you... <laughs> Think they want to blow up Eaton? Yes, because that's they where they don't all, even know what Eaton is. Yes, they do. That's where all the evil douchebags come from. That's where every single politician, or almost every single politician in the UK, 
uh, has been schooled. It's like their version of Skull I and Bones. It's personally, but I don't believe Al Qaeda gives a crap. It, it's you, not symbolic. It. it <laughs> this is why it's so great. Look, keep listening. Uh, the, the private school in Britain, yeah. for which they call a public school, for their upper crust, the richest of the rich, the the aristocracy. That'd be a big win if they went into the could go to eat and kill a lot of the. Win. That would be a big win. <laughs> Be a big win if we could blow up Eaton. It's like they're talking about a football game. Yeah. You know, if, if the coach could uh, go over there and uh, USC, it would be a big win. That would be awesome. The Scions, the best and the brightest young Brits. But there also was a list, apparently. Now here it comes. Of 40 or 50 American individuals Including, that they were thinking yeah. about or they wanted to hit. Uh, people from the world of finance, politics, uh, maybe the media. Now, that's the one I'm going after. So this is what we talked about. I had the FBI warning that they're going after people in the media. So first of all, it's all bull crap. There's no. Oh yeah, no. We have, but but this is like the warning list. This is what you do is you put out a you know this this supposed Al Qaeda list. You say, hey, you guys don't toe the line. We're going to put you on the list, and you're going to maybe maybe just maybe some local nutcase who happens to think he's in Al-Qaeda or whatever, comes and he just knifes you. No, it gets better than that. First of all, Al-Qaeda is a farce, all right? I'm just going to say it again. This is just a, something made up the boogeyman to make you afraid at night. Yeah, we got that part. Okay, so we got that. So how do we get the media to talk about this as much as possible? Oh, by, by putting them on the list. By putting them on the list. And I think... But who in the media do they put on the list? Do we know? Oh, please go. Oh, Allah, let it be Anderson Cooper. Please. Oh, please. Oh, maybe Don any. Lemon. Don Lemon, please. It won't be any of these guys. It's got to be Thank you, darling. <laughs> specifically targeted people. I'm telling you, this list is put out by but our they, people. But they've got to hit somebody. they got to take somebody out to make it real. Well, who would it be? Anderson Cooper. No, it won't be Anderson Cooper. Why not? He'd be, that'd be huge. How about uh, Wolf? No, it's got to be somebody. Now it's I don't know. This is interesting to try to sup, suppose. It's who a, de- they it's would a media. It's a, it's a media Al Qaeda CEO Deadpool. We you got to come up with a Deadpool because well, has this list been revealed with the names? No, of course not. Well, that may of they course not. They know there's a list, but they don't have the names. That doesn't make any sense. No, the FBI has the list, but they're not releasing it. But that's not you know it doesn't matter because next week. Here's my prediction. Okay, I'm getting it. Either Wolf, any top anchor is going to say, I understand, is going to be interviewing some guy with a book and is going to say, you know, I understand my name is on the list. Because now everyone's going to want to be on the list. See, this is like oh, the yeah. hot thing. You want to be on the Al Qaeda uh, hit list. Because that way, it's ratings. It's a ratings bonanza, I tell you. I mean, John, if you and I were sitting together, which we never do, and we're like, hey, how can we get ratings up? We've come up with this. Hey, man, let's make an Al Qaeda hit list and put our guys on it. So, who do you think is on? Who? Will you, what's your prediction? Okay, on the list, um, it's uh, definitely Wolf Blitzer. It's all the CNN guys. Anderson Cooper for sure, because you know he's all buff and stuff, and he's he's going to have a kerfuffle or a scuffle. Um, maybe Geraldo. Geraldo's always a go-to guy for that stuff. I don't see it. No. Um, I mean, he might put himself on the list for the reasons you just explained. A, a double whammy would be Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck's taking himself out of the picture. Yeah, but it. it but okay. 
Those well, those. I, I'm sorry, that's my list. I can't. So that I think the I think you might have to be onto something with the CNN thing because CNN does get coverage overseas and it's you know international. Right. I mean, you, right. if anyone travels a lot knows that if you go to a hotel and you start it's flipping CNN. around, yeah, you get CNN, CNN, but you also get. You get some of these. Uh, I think you get Sky some places, and you get Sky Sports, and there's a few yeah, of these other ones. They got no stars. They got no I'm celebrities. I'm believing it's not going to be an American that's hit. My prediction is that somebody will get killed, but it'll be a Brit. Hmm. But they got no. It has to be like a celebrity. Anyway, just, everyone's going to want to be on the list. That I can guarantee you. It's going to be like the thing. Are you? Hey, hey, are you on the list? Yeah, man. I hear. I heard him on the list. You watch. All right, onward. Yes. What else? What other bogus things is it? Is it that the end of this guy? I hope. <laughs> no, I'm done with him. I just thought it was cool. The new CEO of Al Qaeda. <sighs> CEO. Very very awesome. I found an interesting little talking about propaganda from the media. Mm-hmm. I found this interesting little uh, tidbit on a BBC. Actually, I have two BBC uh, clips. One of them is an over unbelievably weird. I have the whole thing. Uh, I have to over. I have to talk over it to make so it makes any sense. An overproduced BBC report on some kid who is at Eton or one of these schools in England. Oh, that's not going to exist pretty soon. Who is a Libyan, and <laughs> oh, him and a bunch of his compatriots are coming back to uh-huh. Libya to fight. Even though they don't, they've never shot a gun in their lives, and they're going to do this because of the evils that they see over there. The British are really the ones that are back in this war to an extreme. And this guy, and so they produce this piece. That it's like a whole feature, and they show and they show the kid back home bitching about something. Then they show him with it's like a three camera shoot <laughs> that's overproduced with a, with a green screen effects. No green. I know maybe voiceover. Is that voiceover? Hot voiceover Lots and stingers. Voiceover. Stingers. The guy, they, there's pictures, for example, of him coming off the boat. So they had the camera planted on shore in Libya. Hmm. Then they have him, you know, rolling his rolly cart. And then he's <laughs> then, then the next thing you know, they have like a one mile long shot with a 2000 millimeter lens nice. of him coming down the road in a Jeep in Libya, heading toward the rebels. <laughs> I don't know how they got this camera so far away. So they zoom way out. He's coming in. Then they have a one shot of him standing in the Jeep with the cameras obviously on the hood of the Jeep and then they shoot the long shot again. What happened to that camera that was on the hood of the Jeep? I don't know. Oh, wait. So, so we had a, uh, is the Jeep driving? Yeah. Oh, so they have a car mount. That's expensive. A A car mount. No kidding. And so this thing is driving down the whole thing. And then he's getting out of the Jeep. There's a camera ready for the shoot. They have a helicopter shot. The helicopter shot. No, there was Ah, no cheap, cheap, cheap. Cheap. This thing was like a, already like ridiculously <laughs> produced. It was staged. The car, the car mount is very expensive. If it was a good car mount, and it, and I could, you, you, this is the crazy thing about media. I'm so glad you bring this up and we'll listen to it in a sec. Is it you know we take this so for granted? We get sucked into the television, and you're like you're in the world. But you and I, who have been doing this for so long, we're actually deconstructing every shot. Like wow, that that man, that must have been like a steady cam. And you know, and if you've ever seen um, a movie being made where people are sitting in a car and you've got all this gear strapped to it, and sometimes it's even on a trailer, they're not even driving. That's what you have to imagine when this stuff is being produced. 
Yeah, and then in this case, it's so, it's so fake because first you got to know what road he's coming down. You got to position the camera way up the road with a long lens, and then you show him driving down the dirt road up the dirt road at, towards you and then past you. <laughs> well, there's a camera. Did they drive what over? Did they, him? Who's picking him up? Did they, they leave him there? Did they drive over the camera? I love those shots. Those are great. Yeah, no, they didn't have right. that shot. Okay. That, that would have been. That, that would have been, 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 been perfect. Right. That that been so, been. do you have to narrate this, or what do we do? Well, just play and you'll, you, you'll get the feeling. I'll talk over it. Okay. In Libya, say at least 10 people have been killed in a rocket attack by Colonel Gaddafi's forces. In recent weeks, rebel numbers have been swelled by some Libyans who live abroad, returning to join the fighting in the besieged city of Misrata. Our correspondent Andrew Harding met one student who left behind his studies in Britain to join the fight on the front line. In high spirits... A, ferry a bunch full of guys dancing. Heading for the besieged city of Misrata, and the front lines that surround it. Wait a minute, were they choreographed the dancers? Yeah. Okay. Among today's reinforcements, a young math student from Lancaster University, Sadiq Belhaj. In England, I couldn't do much for, for, for this revolution, so I decided to go and hold the gun for the first time in my life. For Sadiq, this is personal. His father has come to greet him, but Gaddafi's forces have taken 16 members of their family. Hug shot. Within hours, a shy, <laughs> earnest student seems transformed. It's a short journey to the front lines. He's, now he's coming, to, he got off the boat, now he's coming up the road. Sound effects. Cue no background. And go extras. Gaddafi's superior firepower is a constant threat for these part-time soldiers. Okay, now they had this no action. You don't see anything blown that up. Is total total sound effect. That, that's these taken guy, from, that's taken from the South Pacific. In, at a Jeep, about five of them, and they're shooting this. And there's a and they have a mattress that they set on fire. Yeah. For unknown reasons. <laughs> As one does. In the middle of nowhere. If you don't go, Gaddafi, I'm going to set this mattress on fire. And then they're pointing out into the, into the distance, giving this guy a gun to shoot. He's never shot one before. And he takes a couple of shots in the air. It's, it's, you can Hold play on. some more. I just, got, I just want to listen to, that, to that, uh, the sound effects. I think you're right. I think I can probably find these sound effects of these. Pew, pew, that sounds like uh, the, the series, HBO series, The Pacific. Yeah, it could be. It sounds like that World War II stuff. Listen to this. But is Sadiq ready for this? Actually, it sounds like an Atari. <laughs> it sounds like bullcrap. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Those were uncomfortably close. <laughs> Gaddafi's superior firepower is a constant threat for these part-time soldiers. Sadiq has come right to the very front lines here, very active front lines. Colonel Gaddafi's forces just a mile or so down the road. We can hear the Did, missiles whistling they're a, overhead. Okay, well, hold on a second. They're a mile away. He says it's the front lines. There's, you don't see anything blowing up, no explosions, no whistles blowing. But this guy, the reporter, is dressed up with a big helmet, a bunch of flak jacket. He's standing behind a pole. Everybody else is in short sleeves. Everyone's all, <laughs> and, and in cockies? Yeah, 
they're just standing around with it like a short sleeve shirt and, you know, no helmet, nothing. This reporter, meanwhile, is dressed to the tens. Pew, 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 pew. Patrolling the skies, too. Now, the men here are bracing themselves for what they believe could be an imminent Gaddafi offensive. Pew. In a quieter moment, Sadiq's training begins. These are the rockets. <laughs> he hopes his math skills will help with targeting. Nice. These are the rockets. They go pew, pew. I don't want to kill anybody, actually. And also my friends. They don't want to kill them. But we had to fight. So where is the enemy now? Are they there? Sadiq's lack of experience is nothing new here. The rebels need training and weapons, and too many are dying. Nice, 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 very nice. And so, what is he saying? Be nice. What is he saying there? I don't know. But nice. Play it again. Be nice. Be nice. He says, "Be nice. Be nice now." Hold on, let me go back here. The rebels need training and weapons, and too many are dying. Nice, 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 very nice. Oh, he's saying very nice, because he, he, I guess he shot the Because he shot the gun. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice, very nice. So, after a mere hour or so. Uh, did he say, where is the enemy? Did I hear him say that? Yeah, he says, where's the enemy? No, it's in the sky. It's that drone, dude. That's the enemy. Oh, wait a minute, John. Oh, crap, that's us. Of training, Sadiq joins the ranks. Okay. Either we live in peace and freedom, or we die. Uh, we all die. Andrew Harding, BBC News, Mizrahi. Uh, Andrew so, Harding, BBC News, my flag So anyway, so they, by the way, they mentioned that they train him in one day. We have been in Afghanistan for 10 years, and we can't apparently train anybody to do anything. Where's the enemy? Where's the enemy? You know, and it's, I'm so ashamed. I'm so ashamed. I'm so ashamed that we're killing people for British Petroleum. I'm so ashamed of this. I'm deeply, deeply, deeply ashamed. So the BBC also did a little hit piece on Assange. Uh, Assange. 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 And I, I can't figure out, maybe you could figure it out for me, but I don't know why, what the point of it was. But play the Assange, Assange. clip here. Which I think introduced new information that was bo that's bogus. We started coming across really interesting information about collusion between the Pakistani intelligence service and the Taliban. So this was rich stuff that was buried in this database. If you want to see it on the map, you can always use the other one. But there was growing tension with Assange. All of us came across material which was clearly likely to lead to the death of innocent civilians if we published it. All of us had the experience of bringing this to his attention and being told by him, in effect, if an Afghan civilian helps coalition forces, then they deserve to die. Does Assange understand that there are flesh and blood consequences to the action? Yeah, I think I get it. This is uh, to condition uh, human resources that uh, freedom of speech has consequences, uh, except they're consequences for which you should go to jail for. I think that's what this is. It's just conditioning, like, if you are a whistleblower or if you have information that you believe is pertinent to uh, uh, injustice and things that are very wrong, that uh, you by you saying that, you are killing people and therefore you are a murderer and uh, you should uh, be hung. 
Well, I think it's interesting that he, Nick, this is Nick Davies from The Guardian, one of the three papers that got the entire database. Right. Or or seemingly so. Whatever it is. Uh, Ad- advertising. Said, advertising. And he said the, uh, he says that Assange was said that apparently, he says, it, the key is, he, he says, if you play that little end again, he says, Assange was told that there's going to kill people. He says, well, if they're in collusion, then they deserve to die. Let's listen. Had the experience of bringing this to his attention and being told by him, in effect, in if effect. an Afghan civilian helps coalition forces, then they deserve to die. Does Assange... Hmm. He says, in effect. In, in effect. In other words, he didn't say that. Right. It's not he what he said, said. In effect, so it's a yeah. bullcrap quote. He says, Sa-da-da-da-da, "In effect, said." Uh, you know, I love it when you do that, John, because because words do matter. I love that. Well, you know, maybe Assange is just time for him to be taken out. Now he's a CIA uh, asset. Yeah, I think there was a message in here. Yeah, it's like uh, goodbye. Well, he's been, it's been very quiet on the Assange Assange front, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. There's not a lot going on. He's laying low for, for probably pretty good reasons. Very, <laughs> yeah, was, you know, for like a predator drone, everybody. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. So we do have some uh, donors, uh, producers that helped us out on this show, this particular show on Sunday. And uh, Joe Cool Design came in with $111.11 from Princeton, Ontario, Canada. Joe Cool Design. Lisa Julian, uh, another one of our female listeners uh, from Clovis, New Mexico, $111.11. She's also a nude donor. Robert Simpson, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, $111.11. Dear Crackpot and Buzzkill, I'm the guy who created the Autopark.com iPhone app to avoid having to fiddle with the app when leaving the car. The uh, version 1.1 update should be approved and in the App Store soon. Check it out if you... Uh, this helps you find your car, I think, in a parking lot. Is that right? Yes, Can't it remember. does. Yep, that's exactly what it does. Justin Seitz in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I gave me and my entire family... Or it gave me and my entire family so much entertainment hearing John mispronounce my name. Seitz? Sets? I don't know. Uh, I would say Seitz. Yes, yeah, Seitz. Seitz. Uh, we make a, we probably make more money in the show for my mispronunciations of last names than we do for anything else, including our great uh, initiatives. With the rest of my money in my PayPal account, I would like the karma for my brother Andrew, who I'm hitting in the mouth for his amateur cycling career so he can go pro. You've got karma. Uh, he wants to reload the account and join the three thirty three thirty three club. Then on the knighthood, love the rings because uh, because of your show regretting for f- because of your show regretting for falling for Obama's pony show. <laughs> uh, pony show. Uh, hey, hello, everybody. Would you I like a ride was, on I the pony? That, I thought we were referring to Anthony Weiner. Would you like a ride on my pony? Uh, Brant Weaver, Hanover, Pennsylvania. Double nickels on the dime uh, for magic thirty third birthday shout out. Uh, from Jerry, from Andy, Butch, and Brant. Take two beers and jump, he says. Bradley Serbu, Naples, Florida, $50. Gary Barnick in Clendive, or Glendive, I'm sorry, Glendive, Montana. Hi, John and Anne. would like to wish my husband, Gary, a uh, happy Father's Day. He loves your show. And even 
has our three young children brainwashed into listening. Nice. And by Can the way, that's, sh- not, that's not brainwashing. It's not brainwashing. This is releasing them from potential brainwashing <laughs> yeah. in the future since they're young, including we need a shout out to Joey. Hey, Joey, in the morning. Hey, with Joey. Give Joey in the morning. Hey, Joey, how you doing? In the morning. Hey, Joey, how Abby's you doing? A Hot Pockets. Oh, jeez. Yeah, of course. Hot Pockets. And Abby's five. Hi, Abby. And baby, the baby Josh doesn't show so much interest yet. <laughs> baby who? Josh. Baby Josh, like, what? Maybe like, you can sing him a wiggle song. I don't know what that baby is. Baby Josh is probably like uh, like uh, the, the the baby on uh, the f- uh, Family Guy. Yeah. Stewie. It's like Stewie. Stewie, yeah. Like Stewie. George Vanderhorst, Black Knight, now, George. I just got to stop here by uh, George. So we have a, a breakdown in communication. There's something going very wrong, which I'm uh, a little perturbed about. Okay. Okay, so... I often get, I think there was more donations. In fact, I believe there was a female donor who sent a 314 Pie Club donation. <clears throat> I've been forwarding these to the shill, but I guess he's not forwarding them. You know, he's like feeding Henri, and he's not is forwarding them on to Buzzkill Jr. Look in your email right now, John, because I just forwarded you the line that Sir George, our black knight, and I have to honor the knights, wanted you to read uh, uh, on behalf of him and Dame Audrey uh, for this donation. And so we have stuff slipping through the cracks, and this is not okay. Okay, so am I supposed to forward uh, stuff to uh, Buzzkill Jr.? What's going on? Yeah, I think you have to send it to Buzzkill Okay, well, Jr. thanks for the memo. You know, th- this is not in the meeting uh, notes. Please pick up your email and read this, because this is... I'm wh- looking at my email now, and I'm not seeing anything from you. Yes, look in your spam. I looked in the spam. There it is, Sir George. In the spam? No, in the regular one. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, here we go, Sir George. Ready? Yep. Horahet at Vanderdog. <laughs> it, what? There's no N in Vaderdog. 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 Inderin gift water and Denkens het at Vaderdog. Dus niet zugen mar ophosten mit die senten. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> Hoera, het is vaderdag. Iedereen geeft water en dekens. Het is vaderdag, dus niet zuigen, maar ophoesten met die centen. Ja. Same to you. Hoera, it's Father's Day. Everybody's oh. giving water and blankets. It's Father's Day, so don't suck. Cough up the dough. <laughs> Your version, however... Uh, father dog is great. It's father dog. This is a new uh, retail uh, holiday we're implementing. Father, father dog. dog. Father dog. Well, that's good because we have Nate dog. And we got father uh, dog. Over there in Afghanistan, so yeah. it's a dog day. So, uh, and I, apologies to the, because uh, I know a female listener sent uh, in some money. She'll get her credit on Thursday. Yeah, well, we've got to fix the, the supply Unless chain. Unless she's here. a member, if she's a member of the 314 Club, we need to know that. Yeah, well, I... I'm doing a show here. Bayfield, Wisconsin, Haley Webster, $50. Uh, Kelly Spears in Brook Park, Ohio. Uh, yeah, there you $50. go. I PayPal to leave my message. Memo from her. Yeah, but I sent the memo. I sent it on to the shill. Okay, well, the shill is out of business. He's, I didn't know to, that. Well, it's okay. So there's one show you got something. Do you have the memo in front of you? No, of course I don't. 
Okay, well, well, that's the whole problem. Is she I don't, says she emailed it to you, and you're the one that collects these things. No, and then I forward it on to Shill so he can put it in the spreadsheet. Well, she could just send it straight to him. <sighs> Tanya Wayman, Dame Tanya Wyman, sorry, Tanya, uh, New York. Uh, a triple threat donation in addition to the mothership plan. One honor of citizen X joining the Big Forty Club on six nineteen. That's so we today. Have a birthday. That's today. So we have a birthday thing there. A karma shout out to Eric DeShill for doing such a fabulous job on the rings. Yeah, yeah, great job on everything there. Uh, You've got Shiel. karma. She loves hers. And by the way, Mickey loves hers, too, because that's now her engagement ring. <laughs> to you guys, the last month's show has been so good, mm. a whole new level, she says. What is the difference? What have we done differently? I'd like to she know. She doesn't say. She has to be more specific. Please dissect that and deconstruct it and let us know so we can do more of it. And finally, Tim Humor uh, in Pelzer, South Carolina. Hello, everybody. I'm sure uh, we have a birthday you have to put on here. I'm sure my donation will go further than a donation to have dinner with Barack. I'd like to raise a ham's beer to my sister Katie and wish her a happy birthday. So put her on the list. Okay, Tim. See, this is you know it took Katie us... Hummer. I understand humor. Sorry. Yeah, but you know we gotta we gotta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, look, if I if I forget yeah, to post spend all this time, you could have found the email by the time you're you're griping no, and carping. It's on another computer. Um, this is, I'm in the studio here, and it's like you know, I'm I'm. It's not like I'm not doing anything. Well, actually, anyway, so we'll we'll fix all that. Well, that it doesn't matter because it wasn't all that much. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that much. Normally, if you have a long list, I can run around, I can go poop, I can do all kinds of things. Are you telling me you poop during the show? No. I no. I did register poopburger.com. Ah. Uh, I sent no, you that. No, that would be our fallback when the show folds. <laughs> and there's a site there, too. <laughs> I put up a site. <laughs> oh, the I, picture of the guy? <laughs> yeah, with the story. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, yeah, poopburger.com. Yeah, and I can't believe that wasn't registered. You know, it's the future of food, everybody. Well, we, uh, we of course, appreciate everyone who uh, supports this program. We are a non-commercial entity, um, which means we can talk about anything. Uh, we're not going to kick off the air for saying something that a sponsor doesn't like. People can't go after our sponsors. The only thing they can do is cut us off. And uh, that, of course, will eventually happen. So uh, please continue to support this program, support the work that we do. Uh, which is watching an awful lot of C-SPAN on very bad television. And quite honestly, it's hard because, you know, you you have to shield yourself. Imagine if you had to watch all the crap that we watch, how much that would hurt. <laughs> pretty, It's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah it is pretty bad. Um, and the place to do that is uh, well known on the interwebs. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Of course, happy Father's Day and karma to all the daddies out there. Uh, who are um, getting their nails uh, painted by their uh, daughters today. It's a very, very big day. (laughs) Brent Weaver uh, pulls out the lucky 33. Happy 33rd birthday to Jerry from Andy Butch and Brent. Take two beers and jump, everybody. And, of course, Citizen X turns 40 today. We're very happy to have uh, Dame Tanya. Uh, proudly displaying her night ring. And Tim Humor says happy birthday to Katie. And of course, happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah.
Yeah, those rings are great. Rings.nashownotes.com is uh, where you can go and take a look at them. And uh, they, uh, I think uh, someone mentioned they might be made of tungsten. Uh, but Somebody I, said white. It's supposed to be white gold. It is white gold, but it could be tungsten. Oh well, it could be. They yeah, are heavy never, though. There's, there's like a, like five ounces of gold in there, isn't there, John? Yeah, I actually gained a half an inch on my uh, bicep just lifting my hand. <laughs> Yay! Actually, it's a, it is a and very before nice you pull up, before I pull up my sword, do we have C.G. Meyer? Is he another a new knight? That the because I see the knight head. Did we get a note from him, or is that, or is that the math that's got, gotten no, us? A, what do you want me to say? Do you want me? How much more do I have to harp on the fact that it's not that we're doing that we have to work a little bit on? Uh, well, I mean, because I, I, we knight him, we could put it off to make no, sure. That, no, no, no. We, we have two knights. Knight, and he might prefer that. But Look, we got two knights here, okay? okay. So that's the way I'm doing it, and I'm sticking by it, and uh, otherwise it can get figured out. Please draw your sword already. Thank you. So long. John GQ, Nate Dog Meyer, step forward, please, along with Taylor Stewart. Both of you have successfully completed your support of the No Agenda program uh, in the amount of $1,000 or an excess thereof. That means that not only do you receive that fine white gold tungsten night ring, you are also now here by both officially Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable, Sir GQ and Sir Dwayne, uh, Sir, <laughs> Sir Taylor Stewart. Knights of the Noah Jenner Roundtable, please enjoy your hookers and blows, Chardonnay and Rent Boys, whatever your preference may be. We have Sir CG and Sir GQ. Is that weird or what? Who's CG? CG, if you look at the spreadsheet, is the name that CG Meyer wants to be known as a, as a knight for. Where's CG? It's on the spreadsheet. It says Sir GQ. It says got, right there. I've got GQ. GQ's the other, is Nate. I am so confused. Did I just knight the wrong people? Uh, well, you, I think you knighted, you knighted Nate twice, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I knighted Newt. Nate, Nate got I sp- knighted twice. I, I, I knighted Nate. Yeah. And then I knighted Taylor Stewart. Am I missing anyone Taylor else? Taylor Stewart? I thought it was C.G. Meyer that was going to get knighted. I got Taylor Stewart here on the list. On my spreadsheet, it's got the knighthead right next to C.G. Meyer, and it says Sir C.G. No, it's... No, it's I have here Taylor Stewart with a knighthead on my spreadsheet. Huh. And, yeah. C.G. Meyer is already a knight. So I did it right. Thank goodness. Okay. You got a memo. All right. You got it right. I had, had it all I, right. I call, I'm calling for a meeting. Uh, no. <laughs> no. No. No meetings. meeting. I'd rather, have the, I'd rather be bickering. It, is, it becomes content. Yeah, it does. It does. It's better if it's content. All right. Um, I know we have your segment coming up, so I just want to get a couple things up. No, you know what? Screw it, everybody. John's going to hum the Sunday Times. John's going to hum the Sunday Times, everybody. Uh, now, my friend, we switch over to uh, Berkeley, California, and uh, there waiting for us with his weekly segment that we all enjoy so much is... Uh, uh, the consultant uh, to the No Agenda podcast, John C. Dvorak. Hello, John. As we turn the camera on you, how are you? You got to say thank you, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Sure. What you got so, for us? Uh, Wait, uh, looking uh, at the front page, it's Sunday, June 19th, Sunday Times. We have a typical bonehead photo, which shows uh, Obama pointing off camera at something. And uh, on the same course for once, you know, it's like a pun. And he's standing there with a Boehner. And apparently the two of them went uh, golfing. And then there's a kind of a feel-good story, Deeper in by Helene Cooper. And apparently the foursome, quote, 
The foursome had a great time and really enjoyed playing golf at the Joint Base Andrews. At the joint, it says a Joint Base Andrews today. The White House said the President and Speaker Boehner teamed up to beat the Vice President and Governor Cash, and uh, the match was won on the 18th hole. And the President and the Speaker won two dollars each. That is what passes for news in the New York Times. The top of the whole thing. By, right. by the way, uh, in other countries. Uh, golf is still deemed as a very elitist sport. Uh, we may think it's really normal here. It's uh, not normal here. It's elitist. Okay, just checking. So it's a bunch of elite douchebags doing elite douchebag stuff on our dime. All right, so we have five stories besides that one. Oh, Backlog of cases gives a reprieve on foreclosures, and this is just kind of a – apparently the, they're, they're going to be so slow in getting foreclosures done. I'm not – I tried to deconstruct this one. I've got, I looked at the inside to figure out what the point of it was, but it just shows – I guess it's just indicating to the public that there's a reprise of getting thrown out of your house, and they're maybe soft-peddling the fact that the banks are screwing people. Mm. That could be. Justice in the Magnet. This is the, the key article in today's paper is a hit piece on Justice Clarence Thomas, one of the worst one of the worst kind of hit pieces I've ever seen done by a, a writer, Mike McIntyre, who apparently only does articles that are uh, kind of targeted at, uh, for example, if you look at his, the kind of articles he writes in the New York Times, he's supposedly brought in as an investigative reporter, but his articles are all hit pieces. Institute for Liberty, here's some of his articles in the past. Tea Party with a Business Agenda. Top Corporations Aid U.S. Chamber of Commerce Campaign. American Future Spends Millions on Campaign. And it just goes on and on about all these right-wing operations. So they, they, so they do this incredible hit piece on uh, Thomas, and it's based on the fact, this just kills me. I've never seen anything quite so, so blatant. Uh, it, it's, it, apparently, Thomas had some, and if you can find the photo of this, some old fart uh, in the middle of Nowheresville had a cannery some years ago, and, 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 and the guy was moaning to Thomas in some, I guess, in some meeting. I don't know how this guy would ever get into any of these meetings. The guy looks like, basically looks like a hobo. And uh, Thomas said, well, I'll put you in touch with a friend of mine. And this friend of, of Thomas is this guy, uh, Harlan Crow, a Dallas real estate magnet. And he he built this, you know, a museum for this character. And so they're blasting Thomas for setting this up because he shouldn't have any friends, apparently. And so they do it by by creating a this is interesting. You have to deconstruct this article, people, because this is done very coyly. First, you establish a false first you establish a fact that has nothing to do with the guy you're talking about and then you put him up against a false premise and then you very slowly over time pull out the rug from the false premise and then associate him with the premise and here's what it is wow let me just get this straight okay i got it now let me here's what they did they said i'll just read the um the quote uh well, I just let me summarize because it's a little too long to read. Apparently, there are, is a series of ethics that federal judges have to abide by. These ethics do not apply to the Supreme Court. Now, hold on a second. The only thing you haven't done here is you haven't given the background of the issue with Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas is a is the Supreme, right, Supreme Court judge, a Supreme Court justice who is a, a conservative. Black conservative, and this cannot stand. We cannot put up with that. 
Well, he was also the guy who, when he was in confirmations, a woman named Anita Hill claimed that she had been sexually harassed by him. Uh, there was a, um, a pubic hair on her Coke can, and he kept talking about the porn movie Long Dong Silver. Exactly. This guy's been under attack for a while. And in fact, he's even under attack by us because we see his association with Monsanto and we don't like that. He was a now, lawyer for Monsanto. Do, yes. They don't do anything about that because heaven forbid you'd bring that up. They're trying to get him from other perspectives that they, they feel that are more legitimate. So they, anyway, you take this, they say there's this ethical stuff and you, you know, if you're in, and the Supreme Court guys don't have to abide by it, but some of them supposedly say they adhere to it, but whether they do or not, it's another, another story. So what you do now is you say, and, and by, it goes like this. Here's the ethics and here's the, for federal judges, the Supreme Court judges don't have to go by these ethics, but if they did, and then they start slamming him for not going by these rules that he doesn't have to abide by to the point where they get to this sentence. This is a big article, by the way. They get to this. Beyond the code, talking about the ethics, this is like the beginning of a paragraph near the end where they're wrapping it up. Beyond the code, the justices must, must comply with laws applying to all federal officials that prohibit conflicts of interest and require disclosure, blah, blah, blah. Now they've made the assumption that he's supposed to abide by this code by this point in the article. Oh, and it, it just, they turn it around halfway through is what you're saying. Then all of a sudden, yeah. then you're a douchebag, even though you don't have to do it. But of course they have to adhere to ethics. I agree. They don't have to adhere to the same ethics. What? There's, That's the like, point. They, they, you have ethics that you have to adhere to. <laughs> they don't Why have, do to, you adhere have to, to adhere to, that? to somebody else's ethics. <laughs> Wait a minute. But they don't have to adhere to ethics? The, the, they the, have their own. They Actually, the Supreme Court justices don't have to adhere to anything. They, they're a standalone. They're supreme. They're supreme. They're a standalone, one of the tripart, you know, we have a government that has a three segments. It's got the legislature that doesn't have to work for the president. They have the Supreme Court that doesn't have to work for the president or for you, for that matter. They, they're, they can do whatever the hell they want, to be honest about it. Wait a minute. Wait, what are the three branches of government? Legislature, executive, and justice. That's it. That's right. how the U.S. works. Just checking. They don't need to, they don't have the, to go with federal judge, which is a part of the Justice Department. They don't have, they're not part of the Justice Department. They don't work for the, uh, for the head of the Justice Department. They work, they have their own, it's an old standalone segment. They don't have to abide by any of this crap. They could just say, fuck you and do whatever they want to be honest about it. And so can Congress, by the way. John. But no, no, we're going to hold them to some standards because what we're trying to do is turn this into a kingdom. So there's only one real important branch of government, and that's the executive branch. Right. And I have, in fact, I've got a real interesting quote, which I keep forgetting to add to the show, where we have Congresswoman Barbara Lee over here talking about, you know, Obama, you know, he's more important than they are, which is bullcrap. And that's what this is doing. This whole article is designed to demean the, the, the segment of government the way the Congress has done for itself and give all the power to the president. So the president can just do whatever he wants. He can write laws. He can do hell with the Tenth Amendment and do whatever he wants. He that, that's basically what this is Throw hellfires on brown people in sand. All right. I'm not going to go on anymore. People can read it for themselves. They can read all the crap in there. Wow. You, okay, now the other one upset. we have. How many of these are you going to do? Because you get. I'm you, only, there's only five. That one's the big one. Was that first? We got four more of these? No, that's the third. That I did, oh. That's the second one. Oh. I got two more. Okay. 
three more actually. Mm-hmm. The, the third one, I'll do the last one for because it's short and I'll cut it down so you won't get too upset. <laughs> but please just yeah, don't, don't get too upset. Homeschooling, pop in traditional circumstance. Front page articles about homeschooling <laughs> and how they're now setting up the homeschoolers to to have graduation exercises. And this is nothing more than a promotion for people who sell cap and gowns. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Can we sell no agenda cap and gowns? I think we should. Yeah, sounds like a premium to me. Then we have a crazy article about how Obama's kind of thinking about gay marriage and may reevaluate. Right. But meanwhile, he's got a bunch of, of dinners with various gay people that or bring the gays in for a $1,200 a plate meal. And he'll think about approving gay marriage, which he'll never do. Well, hello, that's the rich gays. The rich gays. Yeah. Well, and I, finally, hello, last- wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stop. I got to be able to respond. Hello, everybody. As you know, uh, I repealed. Don't ask. Don't tell. Kinda. So, uh, don't send, give me your cash. All right, thank you. The last front page articles, and by the way, you know how kids like say pewter instead of computer? Pooter. Now they got Kaida. <laughs> Kaida? Yeah, Kaida. You don't say Al Qaeda, you just say Kaida? The headline says Kaida. How do you spell Kaida it? Q, Q, how do you spell it? Q A E D A. Kaida. Kaida right. woes fuel talk of speeding Afghan pullback. And the key is, <laughs> this is a bogus article too. It's essentially, uh, it says, uh, it's talking, the first paragraph, as Obama administration nears the crucial decision on how rapidly to withdraw. How rapidly, this would, is he going to withdraw at all? No, 5,000, like I've predicted 5,000 troops, no more, no less. That's what we say. I know we've, we've so we came up with a memo. We found the memo, but they're trying to make it sound as there's actions taking place, and there's it's, it's so the discussion is on, uh, about how rapid, as opposed to whether or not he will in the first place. And then they try to make him look like some great. It makes him sound like Hitler, by the way, because they go <laughs> read on that. and on read about that. Read how that. he's decided this and he's decided that. Their has you know. decided. And he, he, let me just read the. This will wrap it up. Because yeah. I thought this was, this was just gentle. Their Fuhrer has told you. The, the, just listen to this. <laughs> the officials interviewed Friday made no attempt to disguise or to disguise their belief that the counterterrorism campaign, which was favored by Vice, Vice President Biden, has outperformed the more troop intensive counterinsurgency campaign pushed by Gates. Petraeus and other top military planners. And then when you go three paragraphs further down, you read this. When Mr. Obama decided on December 2009, same as the other one, to go with the more ambitious plan backed by the Pentagon, in other words, Gates, uh, Petraeus, and the rest of them, (laughs) it's like they say he didn't do it, then they say he did it. Uh, The president said he would allow 18 months to test these concepts. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they say he didn't do it, then they say he did it, and mm-hmm. then when they say that these guys were all for whatever Obama had, they had the spokespeople for for Obama. It turns out to be a guy uh, in the National Security Council, which who's the guy who works for Obama, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so this yeah. article is just this article is the poorest piece that I've seen on the front now, page. Now this, of course, before. is uh, the New York Times, the paper of record for uh, these United States of Gitmo Nation. This is uh, we'll go, in history will prove when the, when the anthropologists are going through the notes, they'll say, "Wow, 
Meanwhile, did they have a little snippets at the bottom? And then at the very bottom of the front page of the New York Times, a huge ad for City. <laughs> when do you put front? What do you put advertise big advertisers on the front page of your paper? When does that? When did that start? When they pay for the news. When they pay for whatever you know, there I'm sure there's a big uh, President Obama spot. Well, they support all the candidates. They don't give a crap. So they'll, they have these little bitty hits dog. at the bottom, and one of them includes Rick Perry draws GOP praise, <laughs> and then links. And I thank you for your praise, not for us. <laughs> and don't you listen to them heathens, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak, because anyway, I want I America to prosper. I could get more worked up about this, but I'm I'm through. And then let's end up the segment, everybody. John's gonna hum the Sunday time. And we apologize. <laughs> we just apologize in general. So um, there was some C-SPAN action uh, this past week, and there was two uh, two hours and eighteen minutes. Um. Which, of course, is announced as this program will last about two hours and 18 minutes and 37 seconds. And it was about radicalization in the United States prison system. Oh, I saw this. Now, I have two very short clips from this, which I think are relevant. And I could have pulled a couple more, but it's, 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 it's all posturing. But it's um, such an incredible coincidence. Coincidence? I think not. That amidst this, we should have some kind of radicalized military person go out with some white powder right near the Pentagon. And the news report was fantastic because it started off and CNN had the best. Like we found the guy and he said it was aluminum nitrate, but it wasn't. And he had a notebook with the words Taliban and Al-Qaeda scribbled in it. He said it was aluminum or ammonium. Uh, uh, Ammonium. Well, whatever he said it was, the report literally said it wasn't. Yeah, it's ammonium probably. Ammonium, yeah. And then ABC pulls out all the stops. 22-year-old Marine Lance Corporal is behind bars tonight in a Washington, D.C. terror scare. The area around the Pentagon was thrown into chaos this morning by a backpack loaded with suspicious materials. The FBI says he apparently acted alone, but who was he and what exactly was his plan? Senior Justice Correspondent Pierre Thomas has been on this story all day. Pierre, Pierre. Dying, it was a tense morning here at the Pentagon as police feared they had uncovered a terrorist plot. Now they're racing to find out to see if the suspect was mentally unstable or a lone wolf terrorist. Lone wolf, everybody. There it is. They put the legislation, they put the words lone wolf, and now we're using the word lone wolf. This poor guy, this poor guy was probably like, who knows what it was? Flower or something. And of, and you know and of course we I'm sure we'll turn out he'll be Muslim. <sighs> well, I know I'm looking at the article that's uh, in one of the it's ridiculous. Uh, but it lone wolf they're just pulling it out lone wolf. Yeah. Lone wolf. Now, so the so suspicious th- items were found in his car. Suspicious, yes. He was a lone wolf, acted alone. You know, he didn't uh he did not get certified for fitness, so therefore oh no. He fell off the radar. All of these great memes that they're pushing on us. But this is no coincidence, my friends, that this happens during the congressional hearings about radicalization in our prison system. Let's go to the videotape. What I'd like to first start off with is, uh, Mr. Downing, if you could just tell me a little bit more about the radicalization process within the prisons themselves. Can you kind of comment on that and how, how someone becomes radicalized? 
inside the prison systems. Well, it's not too far from how a gang goes through the a gang member goes through the process uh, to become a gang member, where there's an orientation, there's an identification, there's an indoctrination process, and then there's a type of, of radicalization that goes through. But it's the people, it's the charismatic leaders, it's the materials, it's the places of association that contribute to that. And, uh, and we have evidence where we've seen a little bit of convergence with the gangs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, a um, uh, higher African-American prison population that is, is being converted. And we've seen uh, this come out onto the streets in terms of uh, con- convert, convert mosques uh, coming up in the different communities as well. So let me just get this straight. So think- all black men who are in prison for probably for smoking weed, uh, they get identified, indoctrinated, then they get sent to the mosque, and then uh, they're Al-Qaeda. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. And the funny thing is I saw this, this hearing, and they had the one guy came out with actual numbers. Yeah. Oh. And it, the numbers were nothing. And they, meanwhile, the other guy, the best guy, was the first guy who, went, who had all the hairy, scary information about this guy and that guy, all individual little one-shot cases. And I thought the whole thing was, uh, you know, this is Peter King again who's doing all this Muslim uh, – uh, hearings at the Congress to prove that we're under a di- the threat under from t- within. Under, that's right, because we've got the new CEO, the Qaeda CEO, and we got to all be afraid of uh, terror. Squirrel. Now there's another piece I got here. The process of, of radicalization, uh, particularly uh, Islamic rad- radicalization in the prison system, is very, very selective. It's a filtering process. Um, it does not occur with 500 inmates in the yard of Attica yelling jihad. (laughs) The facilitators and the recruiters that are in the system have the unique ability of profiling. They are able to spot an individual who walks into a cell block for the very first time and they can tell what that person, if he has, first of all they know he has a propensity for violence because he's already committed crime. They know that Smoke he's dope. somewhat by himself, yeah. and so he, he wants a sense of purpose to his life. They do all this profiling within the first day that they meet him. And then they begin to disciple first to convert him, then to move him when he's going to be released to an Islamic uh, mosque within, uh, that they've recommended to him. And then from there, if he continues to move him to an Islamic center, either in Virginia or in Florida, and then from there to filter him to uh, overseas travel for continued studies. Yeah. So yeah, it is a, yeah you got to go Why to the, is it Virginia and Florida, because by the way? Did you the figure pic- that one out? Well, yeah, of course. It's the pickle factory. So you got to go to the CIA headquarters, or you go to Florida where, you know, the other CIA assets learn how to fly airplanes. And it's, of course, that's what... It's, it's so douchebag. It's, it's insulting. Even to me, a disc jockey, it's insulting to me. Imagine if someone's smart. I found out something very disturbing, uh, John. Uh, we've been, uh, of course, using the slogan, which is uh, very important. We've been trying to sell uh, this jingle to Department of Homeland Security. We think it's uh, worth about as much as an $18 million website. If you see something, say something. Did you know that we are, we are in violation of the law by doing by using that jingle? Why? Uh, Because the If You See Something, Say Something campaign uh, is trademarked by New York City's Metropolitan Transportation Authority and is licensed to the Department of Homeland Security for a nationwide campaign. 
In fact, if you go to the Department of Homeland Security website, dhs.gov, by the way, you have to do www.dhs.gov because it's not configured the other way. Wait a minute. Are you telling me they can't even configure a website so the DNS recognizes it without the www? Go ahead. Try dhs.gov. Okay. Go ahead. Try it. I'm going to try it. Hang on. Right. Oops. It came, it came up. For, oh, no. Yeah. You can't find the server. You got to do www. That is lame. <laughs> yeah, that's very lame. Wait a minute. If you see something, say something. Oh, uh, hi. I saw that uh, your server is misconfigured. Now look at, now look at the top story. Wait it a says, minute. Department of Homeland Security launched a new partnership with the U.S. Golf Association to bring the If You See Something, Say Something. It has the little TM trademark symbol next to it. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> it's not a circle R, though, so it's still under uh, advisement. It's a trademark. Yeah, but it's not a it's not a circle R, which means it hasn't been approved. Yeah, but they're not far away. You know they're gonna, have, so we can still use it before. If you see something, say something. We're get. You know what? The, we could get a cease and desist. Yeah, I hope. I hope so too. Be <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, what a promotion! I'm thinking. By the way, you know, uh, you sent me that we had a little. We actually had an email exchange, and uh, not about anything important, uh, but about this new streaming law. That um, yeah, essentially, if you stream content, you're going to go to jail. I think that it, does that sum it up. Yeah, yeah. If you stream uh, content that is uh, licensed and not yours, and you don't have the rights to do it, you're going to go to jail because it's uh, according to Joe O'Biden, it's the same as uh, breaking the window at Tiffany's and grabbing the jewelry. Yeah, that's literally what that's he what said. he said. That's what he said. Um, so I'm thinking. And, th- and by the way, there's a couple things that came into play. I, I read your article, I don't know if it was PC Mag, um, about uh, digital receivers, internet radio receivers. Yeah, probably PC Mag. PC Mag. Nice article, short. That's how I like them. And nice plug for no agenda in there. That's good. Good boy. Um, <laughs> but I was I was reading this, and then and I also, yesterday I was cruising down to the uh, uh, to my barber. Had the top down, listened to the No Agenda stream. It was really interesting. It was an interview with the GX2 about his album, which is out. And, uh, you know, about uh, how he created the tracks and, and all this stuff. And I was like, you know, if you take that, it's very hard to compete with iPods and iPhones and Zunes and MP3 players and uh, Top 40 Radio and all this. We should just be out and out competing with NPR because it was so painful for me to listen to NPR that one day I was stuck in traffic. I think we should change the stream to all talk. I think we should we just change the format overnight, go all talk. Because that's something we can compete at because we've got interesting talk, but we, you know, and there's a lot of shows we can put on. But the music, I just don't think we can compete. What do you think? No, I, and also the music is we don't. We're going to go to jail. We, well, besides that, but they haven't passed the law yet. But when they do, obviously, we have to go all talk. But I also don't think that our music is eclectic enough that it, would, that it maintains the broad-based audience that talk does. And I think that and, and our, and our talk is not interrupted by commercials. So I think we need to seriously consider doing a format change. And we're going to go all Elvis all the time. <laughs> That'd be funny. We could do all Don Ho all the time. We should do a full 24 hours of Don Ho. But then we, we should, should we should have, yeah just to finish off. Oh wait a minute! Don't you have um, don't you have uh, every version of Louie Louie? 
I have pretty much all. Yeah, I think I do now. I, how I many hours? A few new ones I didn't know that. Existed. How many hours of that do you have? It's a couple hours. It's not, it's not 24 hours that we I know just of. All out blowout. Louie Louie 24 7, everybody. Hey, everybody, it's the Louie Louie station. How you doing? We're going all talk, but first, it's a whole weekend of Louie Louie. Dun 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 dun. Well, anyway, so that's uh, something to consider. All right. Uh, so I got a couple. Of one yes. more. I got a clip. Yeah. Good one. Yeah, this one here cool. is interesting because it brings up a bunch of weird issues. Local uh, school had a yearbook that they released, and now they pulled the yearbook back because supposedly in the background, oh, I read this story. Uh, yeah, there was a guy feeling up his girlfriend, which is all I can assume that it was happening it was blurry nobody noticed it until one of the i guess some kid knows and chuckled about it. And the next thing you know they bring it in the feds students at a california high school are being told turn in your yearbooks now or you could face child pornography charges <laughs> what a picture what? in Big Bear High's yearbook shows a sex act. The photographer captured an image showing a boy and a girl at a school dance. The two were not in focus, so they were kind of ignored. They are in the background, though. The yearbook editors did not notice them. Sex! His hands were a bit up her skirt, um, <laughs> above her area. Uh, Can't you say vagina? <sighs> so, it was... Um, not the best picture in the world. Could be a collector's item, but most students return their yearbooks to be edited with a G-rated replacement page. Big Bear Sheriff's deputies have now been dispatched to help collect the rest of those naughty yearbooks. Naughty, 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 naughty. Now, here's the question on my mind. The child an, porn laws are pretty strict. Is this an Ask Adam, or is it a... Yeah, let's make it an Ask Adam. Okay. Okay. That's the worst one. Okay. <laughs> that was like four so the, at the same time. So the child porn laws are pretty strict. If you receive child pornography, somebody plants it on your computer or something, I mean, you can be arrested just for having it. Yeah. For just having it, you can be arrested. For distributing it, it's extremely... No, I mean, even if you don't know, if you don't know anybody, because remember there's that, that one porn star that turns out she was 17, even though she looks like she's 25. She was, you know, and she they had to pull all the all her videos. Uh, I can't... She's very famous. I can't remember her name, though. And, uh, and you know, just have... You know, so, so if that's the case, just having it or reproducing it or sending it out, whether you know it or not, even if you don't know it, it's still illegal. Why isn't the principal and the school people being arrested right now if this is indeed child porn and child porn <sighs> distribution? Do you really want... So this is an Ask Adam, so I get to answer. Are you, are you insane? This is not about that. This is about ratings. This is about... Hey, let's talk about it, feeling her up. <laughs> sex, 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 sex. That's all that it's about. We're obsessed because we're suppressed and sexually frustrated in this country. That's what this is about. Okay, one more short clip then. Okay. We'll just let that one slide. Yeah. Uh, did you know Eisenhower was a uh, communist? <laughs> Why, no, I did not. Is there some proof? Castro came to deliver a speech to some newspaper editors. But the visit was something more like an invasion in its own right, a charm offensive. He and his bearded entourage arrived in Washington, loaded with Cuban cigars and cases of Cuban rum, and Castro spent most of his visit 
hugging and smiling and saying all the right things. There were some Americans, including some in the Eisenhower administration, including Dwight Eisenhower himself, who had pretty serious concerns about Eisenhower, uh, mainly that he was a communist in the making. <laughs> this must have been on C-SPAN 3. C-SPAN telling us that, commun- <laughs> that even Eisenhower thought he was co- a communist in the making. Very interesting. Uh. You don't have to. So that's categorized categorized as a funny gaffe. We listen to so much C-SPAN that we can co- collect these kinds of blunders and, uh, and, and propagate hey, I'm them. thinking um, C-SPAN is a public uh, domain. We could even put some C-SPAN on the stream. Only it? No, it's not true. I, I looked into this. Oh, I think you can. You can't put no, their no, programming. You yes, you can. can. You can't put their programming, but if it's congressional testimony, right. then exactly. you can put it on. But that's the funny thing. You funniest. put all the congressional but you can't put their specials no. on, like that, that no. thing that we, where the Rick Perry douchebag clip. That was the, <laughs> that's the C-SPAN owns that. But we'll, but we'll do comedy. We'll do our own version. <laughs> well, you can now in that yeah. one. And, 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 uh, and Yellow Jacket can do his comedy hour. It's all cool. And we can have yeah. interviews with bands and stuff. I just We have to compete. We're not competing. We're, we're just being disc jockeys. This is, this is not a way to win the war. Um, okay, so uh, Greece. Back to you, Adam. Yes, thank you very much, Wolf. Uh, Greece is uh, uh, collapsing as we speak. And, of course, uh, it's, uh, uh, well, <laughs> this clip actually tells you the exposure to the U.S. banking system and financial system. This is from uh, CNBC, everybody. We obviously are monitoring this regularly. We we consider it uh, a headwind. Uh, this, by the way, is spokeshole for the White House, uh, Jim Car- uh, James, uh, Tony Carvey, whatever, D- Dana Carvey. And if you Dana will, Carvey. in terms of the global economy and therefore the, the domestic economy. Uh, so we're monitoring the situation, developments in Greece closely. But at least one U.S. bank regulator is worried about more than headwinds. Sheila Baer, the uh, chairman of the FDIC, said today she is concerned about hundreds of billions of dollars in debt of troubled countries held by U.S. and European banks, including $30 billion in Greek debt held by American banks. The risk uh, is is that you're going to have a systemic banking collapse in the eurozone, and if that happens, quite clearly that is going to draw in very you know large financial institutions in the United States as well. Analysts fear a contagion in Greek and European finances could create losses for our banks and make lending here even tighter than it is now. There is, they are speculating that Greece will need another massive bailout soon to be truly stabilized. Yeah. That's right, everybody. Greece is the word. That's all you got to know. I think it's all a promotion for Greece 3, John. That's all there is. Frankie Valley's making a comeback. Okay. All right. Well, I got a funny story. I got, we haven't done this for a while. A, a plane's bad, train's good. Oh, actually, I have one of those as well. Uh, Bino's oh. so Yeah, I do. It's All the board. Train. Train's good. Plane's bad. Woo-hoo. Just to uh, give our new listeners a little background. Uh, trains are unnecessary in the United States, according to our opinion, and uh, it's only to uh, enrichen and embolden Warren Buffett 
who uh, owns Burlington Northern and all these high-speed rail are farce, and it will be used to transport freight and slaves to the FEMA camps. They have the idea is the uh, these these BNSF and all the rest of these companies, they don't want to put in their own uh, tracks because it's too expensive, so they want to stick the public with building high-speed rail tracks, which no one will use, and then the, so the freight guys will take it over, and they'll get a free pass on all the expenses, and it'll look, make the bottom line look great. Yeah, and, and Warren, it's probably not a bad investment. And Warren Buffett is not stupid, so he, he knows the plan. That's why he's invested in it. But meanwhile, so we have a lot of stories. Even though this one is just more humorous than anything, uh, you can hit it. What am I hitting? The hilarious plane bad story. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. I was looking for a train clip. It was a plane. All right, got a it. A Bay Area oh, man kicked off a plane oh, and arrested for wearing saggy pants. <laughs> oh, Tonight, no. the airline says it stands by its decision. As Mark Sayer reports, some passengers are asking if the punishment fits the, the crime. crime. Mark. Well, Dana, still no criminal charges filed in this case. A spokesperson for the San Mateo County District Attorney's Office here in Redwood City tells us that the office has now asked the San Francisco Police Department to do some more investigation of this case before the DA here decides what, if any, charges will be filed. Whistle. Wearing number 32 in this video is Deshaun Marmon playing for the University of New Mexico Lobos. San Francisco police say Marmon was arrested after he refused orders from a U.S. Airways flight crew to get off a plane because he was wearing baggy pants with his boxers showing. Police first made contact with the captain. A passenger on board the aircraft had walked on with his underwear showing, so he explained that his pants were down below his crotch and that uh, he refused to pull his pants up and and uh, the captain wanted him off of the aircraft for being disruptive. Police say Marmon eventually walked off the plane voluntarily, but then allegedly resisted arrest when he was on the jetway. There were three or four officers that had to grab his arms and put him on the ground, handcuff him. During the handcuffing procedure, one of our officers uh, had a slight laceration from the handcuffs and also twisted his knee in, in the struggle. Oh. Marmon had been home in San Francisco to speak at the funeral of his best friend. His mom, Donna Doyle, says she received a frantic phone call from her son shortly after she dropped him off at the airport. I'm in the police car. I'm going down the freeway, going to the freeway. For what? Why? He said they said they arrested me because I wouldn't pull up my my um my pants. In a statement, U.S. Airways says <laughs> yesterday a passenger on board U.S. Airways Flight 488 was removed from the aircraft and taken into custody after repeatedly ignoring crew members' instructions. While U.S. Airways does not have a specific dress code, we ask our customers to dress in an appropriate manner to ensure the safety and comfort of all of our passengers. <laughs> I feel that people should be comfortable. I'm U.S. Comfortable. Airways passenger Victor Reed says... "A hey, nice soundbite. I feel, the blue. I feel the people should be more comfortable. He's seen it all when it comes to passenger attire on planes, but in this case, he feels both sides likely overreacted. Why would they take it personal if there was he wasn't causing any harm to anyone or anything? Um, to me, it was more or less of a fashion statement. <laughs> now, Marvin is being held on charges of trespassing, battery of a police officer, and also obstruction of a police investigation. Dana, if he is formally criminally charged by the district attorney's uh. office here, we do expect that he will be in front of a judge for an arraignment as soon as tomorrow afternoon. But at this point, no formal charges filed in this case. Back All to right. you. In Redwood City, Mark Sayer. So let me guess. He was black. 
Yeah. Of course. Of course. More racist behavior. This is ridiculous. You know, when when a woman... But, wa- uh, what, don't you go- think that the char- they charge him for obstructing a police investigation? Yeah. It's about him. <laughs> Give me a break with these bogus charges. So if a woman walks on and her boobs are falling out, then that's okay? But it if is it- by me. <laughs> it's the Packets. I have a similar story, uh, but this is from... Uh, it's, a, it's a train story. And uh, someone also was about to get... They were about to stop the train. Stop the train. And so I have to set it up because I don't know how the audio is going to come across for you, John. I know it'll be okay on the on the podcast and on the stream. So there's a woman talking to her friend on uh, uh, on the metro line. And uh, she uh, drops the F-bomb in her conversation. And uh, and this is all... So the, the, the discussion is all recorded on uh, someone's iPhone. And so the conductor comes over uh, and she says... Uh, you can't use those words or I'm going to stop the train. Okay? You with me? Yeah. The funny thing is, she actually says acts instead of asks. She can't even speak herself. She can't even, She doesn't even command of the English language. You but mean she, the conductor? The conductor. I asked this woman not to use the F word. It's, it's, the whole exchange is just outrageous. I'm going to listen. Uh, I asked her to go I'm sorry. Do you think I'm a little lonely? Where do you think I was? I have permission to stop the train already. And that's the end of it. So either the language stops. The language has to we can uh, the, the conductor is talking to a, uh, a security officer. How dare you think I was being profane? I'm sorry. Please repeat to me the words I was being profane with. From my mouth. Excuse me. Do you know how well educated I am? That you think I was talking in a, in a private conversation to my friend. About something. She is now becoming loud and irate. We're going to leave. Or I'm going to stop the train and have a break. I'm sorry. Please stop the train then. Please stop the train. I would prefer not entertaining this. Let's go. No, you are entertaining this. I'm not going to entertain this. I ride this train all the time. In the morning, to work and from work all the time. And on the metronome to my parents' house, it embarrass it. But you no. claim that I, um, oh, I touch you. Oh, I'm sorry. Now I need to be kicked Don't off. Don't touch me. All right. Oh. Please kick me off. I do not. I want my money back for riding this train. Don't put the your bed. hands on me. Don't, Don't put your hands actually, on I'm me, slave. I'll my money back and I'll give the Metro North Eddie and buy money. Don't touch me. That's number one. I don't need to touch you. Get away from me. Get away. From I was me. on my way walking away from you. Then you decided to touch me. Please. Go. Uh, anyway, so the whole thing is. Cat fight. Cat fight. <clears throat> but the fact that a conductor can can tell you to shut up and not use certain words is a little crazy. Well, not only that, but it would stop the train and what, throw her out in the middle of nowhere, 25, you know, 100 miles north of Fresno or in the middle of the desert? I this mean, what is, is that supposed to be? Well, this is stop just, the train for what? Yeah, this is just. Well, first of all, and I have to say the. the the passenger, of course, is like, you know how educated I am? You know, not, yeah, she's a douchebag. She's a douchebag, too. Um, and I'm sure she's just a dick. But the point is, if it really went down the way the article reports, that she she's talking to her friend and she drops the F-bomb and the conductor says, hey, you, you can't do that. That's that's a little crazy. But, you know, someone has a uniform and they've got a hole puncher. And uh, that's what this country is coming to. Yay! But luckily, we're not in Syria. Because they're next. 
State Department has said, if you're in Syria, get out. The British Foreign Office has said, if you're a, a British national and you're in Syria, get out. What do you think that means, John? It means we're headed in. And we're not taking States any responsibility strong. if you get shot by a stray bullet. He believes that a robust peacekeeping presence should be a central part of the security arrangements in Abu. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the wrong clip. Oops. Didn't mean to do that. Yes. Uh, I screwed that up. Oh, God. This is actually uh, the next one. I'm sorry. I get confused with all the places we're invading. I mean, uh, having uh, non-kinetic warfare. I mean, uh, uh, kerfuffle, whatever. Uh, Sudan is next. That's what what this clip is about. Sudan. The United States strongly believes that a robust peacekeeping presence should be a central part of the security arrangements in Abia and that the government of Sudan should urgently facilitate uh, a viable security arrangement, uh, starting with the withdrawal of uh, Sudanese uh, armed forces. So we would welcome both parties agreeing to ask Ethiopia, which has volunteered uh, to send peacekeepers to do so as part of a United uh, Nations uh, mission that will be strengthened. There you go. United Nations, we're going into Sudan. And Ethiopia is going to host it. It's just... I, I don't know where to start when I hear these things. Well, it's just... We're just we're it just, just falls right into, into the pattern. I don't see why it's anything other than that. Well, because I'd like, whatever. I'd like it to stop. <laughs> oh, that's what apparently Gates is leaving, and he'd like it to stop. In fact, there was a story in the Sunday Times about it. Gates is sick of. He said basically he says I'm sick of these you know voluntary wars. So he's leaving, and I'm starting to notice, and you will too, and I think re- there are listeners out there will start to see more and more kind of pieces demeaning, including that piece that was on the front page, kind of demeaning Gates. Uh huh. As kind of, you know, because he's, he's like, you know, I don't know, a lot of people, if you work for a big corporation, you run into this a lot. There's a guy, the, the greatest guy in the world. He's working. He's one of your sales guys. He's fantastic. He got, nobody's better. The guy quits. The next thing you hear from the executives is, ah, the guy was no good. Yeah, he was no good. He sucked. He was no yeah, good. Yeah, he, he was, no was going to get fired anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what's going to happen to Gates because he's okay while he's in the job and then he quits and he makes one or two comments that he didn't like, you know, the fact they were bombing everybody. And now he's going to be seen as a bad guy and more and more is going to come out about how it was his fault about this and he was a screw up and we didn't want him anyway. Yep. It was a mistake Fall to guy. carry him over from the Bush administration. Fall guy. Fall guy. So we can look out for that over there. That's, you know, we'll see that in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Fall guy. All right, just a quick trip around Gitmo Nation just to give you the uh, the rest of the news that we haven't really gotten to today, but I do want you to hear about it. It's important. Dutch coins are now going to, they're coming out in a month, will feature QR codes. What? Yeah, how about that? It's that story. Yeah. So what are you, you're banging the coin with your phone and you end up with a, a, a website? I mean, what's the deal? Well, the Dutch Mint is celebrating its centennial with two new QR packaged collectible coins. The coins bring their owners to the Mint's website, which promises a, quote, surprise. I wonder what else is in these coins. There's hmm. a QR code on it with the queen on the front, all happy and smiley, and the QR I, code I on I want the back. somebody in Holland, one of our listeners who likes to uh, uh, 
to uh, mock me for my poor pronunciation of uh, Dutch terminology. Hail the foot. Get me one of these coins. Yeah, no, I'm sure we'll get some of these coins. Um, it's official, uh, and this was in the Telegraph, but it comes from the National Solar Observatory. A new ice age is on the way. Uh, the U.S. solar this- physicists have announced the sun is heading for a prolonged period of low activity. Yeah. This makes global cooling much more plausible prospect in the next few decades than global warming. Which, of course, it'll be blamed on global warming, of course. They'll say it's because of global warming that we're now very cold. Uh, but it's the National Solar Observatory. Aren't those guys for real? Yeah, they're not like a bunch of, you know, bogus. Uh, gee, everybody's agreed that, you know, the global warming is real and we're all doomed. <laughs> It's going to be really cold. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. So a nice link there from the Times, uh, which you might want to read just for yucks. Ten reasons to be cheerful about the coming new ice age. It's a very, it's a, it's a very funny ice article. Skating. It's a very funny. Well, it literally, it starts with uh, snow. You've never ice skated on the Thames, have you? Well, you will. <laughs> That's number one on the list. It's very funny you say that. Uh, a couple other interesting little uh, tidbits. Uh, finally, now they're putting it out. Uh, Shantix, uh, sold in the Gitmo Nation Europe as Shampix, which is the stop smoking medication, which makes you go crazy and kill people, uh, will now have a warning label. On the warning label, Shantix may cause a heart attack. Oh, yeah. well, that's a new one. Yeah, that's nice. That's good oh, stuff. That means, the new, that means there'll be some new ads that I can clip. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. They'll have that in the uh, disclaimer. And a study has come out in Australia that HPV uh, vaccinations have been incredibly successful. And you know how this works, right? You put out a study, which you pay for, and then all of a sudden it was, oh, this is good stuff. So the study is now out down under. Very, very successful. This. Uh, what does that even mean? Well, it means that uh, boys uh, do not have HPV in Australia. Huh. Yeah, because we've been je- injecting boys. They've been trying to get on the boy bandwagon with this for I a while. I thought it was for warts or something. That Yeah, for uh, vaginal uh, warts. But, uh, in boys, yeah. In boys. <laughs> They're probably the same boys who have their fingernails painted red. <laughs> yes, it's a throwback. And luckily on the way, John, a vaccine for methamphetamine abuse. Well, hold on a second, Adam. <laughs> yes, John. I understand vaccines are some are kind of like uh, there's like it has to do with the bacteria or viruses, and you you inject somebody with a, a attenuated version, and then your body get, creates an immune immune system response to the real bacteria or virus in. in to knock it out, and that's what, what how a vaccine works, and that's the definition of a vaccine. What bacteria, I'm asking you, what bacteria or virus causes methamphetamine abuse? Well, John, I'm uh, very sorry that you do not read the Journal of American Chemical Society, which sounds really official, doesn't it, when you put the word journal in front of it? And yeah. they have a study that says, impact of distinct chemical structures for the development of a methamphetamine vaccine. The Journal of American Chemical Society. In the paper, Kim Janda and colleagues note that methamphetamine use and addiction cost the U.S. more than $23 billion annually due to medical and law enforcement expenses. So, Can I mention something here? It's kind of like ironic, maybe. Mm-hmm. But people who are strung out on meth kind of like it. Yeah, they kind of dig it. They don't they want like, a vaccine. Like being strung out on meth, but yeah. it's, it's a choice they've made, and so they wouldn't take the vaccine to begin with. Yeah, 
You could mention that. But then you okay. have to, but you see, they're going to get a government contract, so you, and you're going to shoot your kids up with it. That's what oh, this is I all see, for. Oh, I see. to keep your kids from getting yes, sucked into the meth that lifestyle. That's exactly okay. right. Exactly. And then uh, uh, finally, and this is something good from Gitmo Nation Stinky Cheese, which I thought was actually quite interesting. They have the uh, Conseil de l'Audiovisuel. Conseil de Supérieur de l'Audiovisuel. You know what that is? Conseil Supérieur de l'Audiovisuel. Sounds like some department, some AV department for the French government. Yes, it's the uh, the uh, media regulator. Now, France, France has very strict rules about what goes on in their media there. Uh, and one of the rules is uh, that has to be, I think it's 80 or 90% of all music played on French radio stations has to be French. Kind of like Canada, they have the similar rules. Uh, so very nationalistic. And, and, and actually 80% of that has to be Edith Piaf. <laughs> Edith Piaf. Edith Piaf. Uh, give me an Edith Piaf song. I, I can't pronounce any of them. Do you, can, can Charles you, Aznavour is the other guy. Downs in the old-fashioned way. I think that's... Da-da-da-da-da-da. Anyway, go on. I'm crooning. They've uh, implemented a new, rule, a new rule, which I think is really good, and I think we should do that everywhere. Um, no longer will they be mentioning the brand names Twitter and or Facebook in reports about... Twitter and or Facebook, unless it's about the company itself. So they're saying, hey, these guys are getting a free ride like they're utilities, like they're the water and power company. So instead, they're going to say social networking, which I think is good. And I think it's just I, I'm not arguing against it. I think it's pretty, pretty darn good that they did that. There seems to be a lot of free publicity for Twitter and, and Facebook. Did you know the Library of Congress is backing up all tweets? Really? All tweets? All tweets. Oh, but, good. No, it's not good. It's good if I want to find one of my old tweets that, that's, yeah. that's just scrolled off. Yeah, but why, don't, why is archive.org an independent organization? Why isn't the government backing up the Internet? Why did they, like making tweets? So, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, making Twitter the 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 Internet of Record. So we so <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like well, I mean, oh, the Arabs. The F- I asked them to do it for some reason. If you know what I'm saying, yeah, like some or of the, the te- NSA or some one of, of these the yeah, some of the techno experts apparently. Uh, anyway, I think we have the No Agenda producer update coming later today. It's always a little sketchy if that's on or not. <laughs> They hijack the stream, then we'll know, we'll know that they're on. So, happy Father's Day to you, John. Uh, I hope you get your uh, nails painted red. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm going for it. And uh, watch out for those Predator drones, everybody. It's non-kinetic, and it's coming this summer. And uh, only, what? Less than four weeks, everybody. We'll be hitting the road with the HotPockets2008.com Gitmo Nation Tour. Looking forward to it. Baroness Maggie Vincent of Virginia has everything all set up. You can check it out at HotPockets2008.com. Email Mickey at Curry.com if you uh, have something for us to see along the way. We'll be broadcasting live all summer long. And coming to you from Gitmo Nation West, People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, everybody, my name's Adam Curry. And getting on a ship out here in the uh, San Francisco Bay, I'm John C. Dvorak. We will be here again on Thursday on No Agenda.
Dvorak.org slash N-A